Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice 8 Productions. Hello everyone, welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 79, Pew Pew Review in the New Forms. I am your host, Ed Horn, and alongside me tonight, one Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, Ed, how are you doing? Good. And of course, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going? Good, thanks. Has the snow melted finally in Canada? Uh, it's, it's been really, really warm. Like, <laughs> it's too hot now. When's winter coming back? All right. So on tonight's show, we're going to be covering over, of course, we're going to finish up the finals for the Pew Pew Review. That's going to be kind of the main topic. But some interesting moving and shaking has been going around in the X-Wing world. And we're going to cover that with the new Atomic Mass forms and some interesting news out of that. But of course, as always, we're going to start with our flight deck. Sean, I'm going to start with you. What have you been doing lately, my friend? I haven't done a whole lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff going on right now um, in my personal life with um, I'm getting solar panels installed. They're supposed to be done this week, but they got moved to next week. And um, so that's taken up a lot of my outside time. We did do some Inquisitor Martyr. We did. Saturday. Um, Excuse me. That was live on the Dice Hate channel and Ed's old old guy gaming. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a little bit behind on the editing on that. Uh, I've, not had a lot of motivation for some reason so i've got like two sessions i need to like edit i'm gonna get it done this weekend i've got i've got some stuff i need to get i'm kind of putting stuff in a can because i've got a vacation coming up and i might just put that all out for all that time frame while i'm gone i think that might work um and then um, i still haven't edited the uh in focus um 40k talk from last episode it's good it's really good yeah yeah, our thirty-minute, three-hour in focus—is that what it was? Yeah, it went for a while. Hours. I don't know, if it went yeah. for three, but it went for a bit. Uh, it went longer than the show. Our show it did. That, yeah, it the did. Was, the show was like uh, like an hour and a half or two hours, and then we went for three hours <laughs> to the point when I was about to pass out. So, yep, um, yep. <laughs> it was a good one. It was a classic yep. lack of focus show. Four and a half hours, like base. It, exactly. Um, and then I've been putting 40k mo- well, not en masse, but I've been putting 40k models together. I finished my fifth intercessor Monday night when we were playing D and D. So, and then of course D and D. But other than that, I haven't really been doing a lot of gaming stuff. Um, trying to just get the solar stuff going and, and all that, and because there's a lot of yard work and stuff. Because I'm doing a ground mount not on my roof and all that, and so. There's been a lot of prep for that. And with my physical condition, it takes me forever to do anything. So um, that took a lot of days over the last couple of weeks, actually, where I still got more to do um, before next Tuesday when they come and do it. So that's kind of my quick and easy flight deck. I had a really good time playing uh, Quisitor Martyr, though. That was a great, great night of play. It's, it's such a great game. It, it's it everything I want. It, it, again, when you see it on, if you saw it on Twitch, or if you see it on whenever I do the the replay on my channel, it's everything I wanted that game to be. It is mindless click, destroy, kill, accomplish mission, move on to the next one, and I, I gear up, get more better stuff, keep going on. It's exactly what I want. It's it's Diablo. In the Warhammer 40k universe, I love it. It's absolutely the, what I wanted it to be. The point and click games are fun. I, I like the point and click style 
where right or left mouse button depends, you know, it's most of my shooting. And the last, I think every mission that we did Saturday, I think I used two total inoculators the whole mission. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I, did, I, yeah, uh, I agree. I enjoyed playing with a sniper rifle. I felt like I had a little bit more uh, micro to do, uh, micro, like right. trying to kite properly and make sure right. I'm timing my shots that are going to swallow them and stuff. Um, and that's, so that was that's interesting. The cool thing. That, that's the cool side of being ranged is that kiting or, you know, because I don't have like both of my setups are ranged setups and I only literally use one, but it's fun to play because it's, it, it's more strategic for me than just a, you know, a board smash type character where you're just in their faces all the time and then running and hiding to try to get everything back, you know, get your health and everything back up. But for me, it's like if I get separated from you guys, and I have five or six things. It's a strategy game at that point. How in the hell do I survive? Especially when there's ranged people, you know, because my character is not that great of a character when it comes to getting shot at. So I, I do a lot of damage. That. I was thinking about the other day. You might want to consider, since you're not really using your second setup, maybe doing like a heavy flamer. Because what will happen is, is your heavy bolter can be, hey, your range are far enough. I'm just going to throw lead mm-hmm. into you. And when they get close, you can switch out to a heavy flamer and melt them whenever they come in. Because you've seen I do that. I'll do like a melter gun or something just for yeah, that was, that was point, the other option. point on heavy armor. Oh, yeah. yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is everything that I have found, even the stuff I'm replacing, all the other gadgety stuff that you put in that secondary build, I haven't gotten good enough stuff to like... Oh, you only need... Um... Your secondary build literally keeps all your armor and everything the same. All it swaps out is what's in your hands. So it's only gun and... No, no, no. It's, it's also... your hands and it's... Uh, the, there's what? a couple other things. The signum, that signums the that signums, go with the yeah. gun. Yeah, which which for me is, you know, I have better... Sig- I haven't found good enough signums to do that. Plus, you guys know how I am. It's like, I'm going to take the easiest way out as, as I possibly can. And Chris saw me do it in a game where he ended up dying and I think... He couldn't res when him and I were playing alone. On some that was when we were bugged out, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and that... Chris, I think we were, what, five levels ahead of me or seven levels ahead of me, and and you added other stuff in to make it even harder. That yeah. was always fun. We yeah. played a suicide death mission and got desynced so that... Um, I... Yeah. I couldn't do something and Sean couldn't do something. Your inoculators were all free. And then I I was, was I not picking stuff up or something? I can't remember. I can't remember what, what you're, you, you did have some type of liability and then I could use inoculators for free, but in the games up leading up to that one mission that we did, or the missions leading up to that one mission, there was one where Chris, I think you had died and you couldn't resurrect and you would lose. So it was me literally kiting everything around the board, turning, shooting, running, inoculating. You know, that's just how intense it was to where that, being that range guy, that was the only way that we could win the mission. And we ended up winning it. We got lucky on that one. But it was it was pretty intense. And Chris is, you know, there the whole time. Watch out to your left. Watch out to your right. You know, and it's just, it was awesome. Yeah, it was extremely true. fun to play. But, you know, it's just one of those types of things where, you know, I just, I like that ranged really far away ranged you know damage that i can do because i'm not i'm not good enough at games to be able to shift to the right enemy at the right time if i'm up close things like that or yeah or taking too much damage i i'm not good with keyboards so going from three or four to zero to do my inoculator 
would pretty much. Uh, I, oh, I should I rebind. I should I rebind the, the Yeah, I changed mine to the tilde so that I could get to it. I agree with you. It's the same problem I have. Yeah, but no, that's pretty much my whole flight deck there. It's been mostly. Uh, well, we had D and D on Monday too. Yeah, yeah, D and D, but you know, I'd rather hold off on that till it comes out and. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. That, that was it was a fun night, and I'm gonna say the the blender maneuver is cool, but it's not very fun. <laughs> I, I didn't find a great amount of fun in that. I mean, yeah, uh, so but the only thing wrong with that, Sean, is that that encounter should have been when you guys were at fifth level. Yes, that yes. Uh, it was a much. I didn't. <laughs> And I didn't worry about it. I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. They're like, This is what's in there. So you guys can fight it as is. And uh, But yeah, if you pull that at high against a level appropriate stuff, you'll, it'll be effective. But you'll still... I think the problem was you didn't have to do anything else. So what Sean's talking about is um, casting Spirit Guardians... Uh, as a cleric and then low level undead running into it who take double damage from the radiant who've got a low intelligence score so they don't know that, not like, to do that yeah like they're being commanded by a demon to go and suicide in so that's what they did it's always that paradigm thing with D&D though like you start off as a first level character and you always face off against orcs and kobolds like it, somehow conveniently around you it's always the first second and third level monsters that are you've not you. seen a kobold or an orc i know i know but i mean like any D campaign always kind of works out that same way where the levels the the monsters always level up where you're at i've never been a fan of that like there are like i've always been a fan of this is a no-win situation for your characters at this level the right answer is to not go there and i've or, killed characters or... for that or the right answer is to run away. Right, exactly. Where you, you know, encounter the, you encounter the main boss of that particular campaign early in the campaign, attacking him is a bad idea because you're going to lose. You should run away from that situation. So the convex of that, of course, is there's occasions where you come into these encounters that were meant for much, much lower characters, but you walk way through because you're heroes. Yeah. So it does happen that way sometimes. Yeah, and that's... I'm never a fan of being able to swing a weapon and mass kill. You know, I'm just never a fan of that. Well, like and, the solution is to like upscale the encounter, but sometimes like it well, doesn't, I, it doesn't I would work. Have, I would have done the same thing Chris did where I would have made it a solvable problem where, you know, you're higher level characters and then you're up against these weak ones. But I've seen it where weak monsters kill parties. Like there's a chance that someone died in that encounter. If you Correct. didn't do it, because yeah. of strength. Well, it's yeah. because of the strength loss. And yeah. who who was it? Who got hit? Alan got hit. Alan got hit. Then Greg retroactively used his shield on it. Right, right. But like, but he and, lost two strength. Um, so Irina lost two. He would have Alan on the roll against Alan. He would have lost four. Yeah. Yeah. Alan would have lost four. Arena would have lost. Arena did lose two. Yeah. And against things like that, it's like, yeah, if you don't play it smart. You could actually die, or if your rolls are shit like Ed's were the whole night, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he still critted the purple worm in the end. It was fine. Okay, he did. Yeah, he did. But I rolled four ones that night. Um, four, one, like I could have accepted twos and fives and sevens. Like okay, but 
four one. No, remember, you do roll more dice than other people. I do, I know, but still, no. statistics... ah, anyway, is yeah. what it is. I'm not. I'm no, not. About to I'm not. Tr- I'm not again. Like oh, you, I just peaked really badly there. You're allowed to feel how you feel, and it's okay. You know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, exactly. But, okay. but I you're wrong. Your feelings. <laughs> but you're wrong. But but that is the funny side of it to me is that that type of an encounter became easy because of a skill that I didn't even know I had. You know, I didn't realize. I know what spiritual guardian was in second edition. I've never dealt with it in fifth edition, and I'm sure they're probably similar. But in fifth edition, that's just ridiculous against low level care. Yeah. You know, you yeah. get ten minutes. Ten minutes of mass kill. You d- at, the the at- secret is Sean that you actually don't because all I do is I hit you and then you have to start taking your concentration saves. It's right. a solvable problem on my end. But not but, with those. But not with yeah. the monsters that we were up against. Because yeah, only it, one of them. Only one of them made it. Uh, there was one round the- where you rolled a seven. I, I needed you I to roll a seven shit. for damage or less. Um, right. To and be able I to just walk into it, they had sixteen health. Yeah, and I rolled oh. a six on that one. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the 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 key to the entire encounter was you put yourselves on a timer when you start the end bot and fight, mm-hmm. so you can do it all. But then, if you you might get no reward for doing it, and you right. were you guys were very close to just getting nothing from all of that fighting. Yep. Oh yeah. No, no, I I know that. That, that's where I realized it, and I jumped up, went back up the the you know the mound or the hill because I figured we probably don't want to lose the cleric to some stupid water thing, you know, <laughs> the water slide of doom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, it was fun. Yeah, we did a good um, time. You know, it's one of those things where I hadn't played in a couple of weeks either, so that was well, I feel like. Weird. We've had some issues in the last couple of weeks with with getting D and D, and like I think we had like missed two well, sessions. We had, we had the two sessions that we missed. First one from Chris, second one from you and I. Mm-hmm. And then we came back for two sessions, but I missed those two. And then this was the third session that I made it back for. So yeah, that sounds about right. I feel like we missed another one somewhere in there too. Like well, I feel like there was a, I mean, there was we, a four we, we weeks span where we only played one time in four weeks. I feel like that. Yeah, happened. yeah, but. You know, that's what happens when you're adults. You know, yeah, that's the difference. That's so. a di- difference when, you know, when I was in my early 20s and in the military and I worked uh, every other weekend off schedule, I would go to my friend's house and we'd play D&D literally for three days. Just, <laughs> yeah. You know, all oh, those were the days. Yeah. Those were the days like what like I remember being in high school, I'd go and get dropped off at my we'd ride my friend George's uh, bus to his house. We'd start playing D&D on Friday night and our parents would pick us up at like Friday afternoon. Nobody had slept. We'd eaten like two meals. Maybe someone decided to take a shower in their time frame. Right. It was just right. D&D all weekend. Oh boy, were those the days. Yeah, we, we would do that. We would do what we called mega sessions where we'd start at Friday at like six when my friend Jeff, who's Jeff and his brother, whose house we would play at. We would go, I would go over there because I'd be off that Friday. So my friend Matt would drop me off over there. My roommate, he would drop me off over there. And then Dan would give me a ride home, who was the guy that worked till like five. And then he would come and we would play all night. We played at like two in the morning, get done. Dan would drop me off at home. Then he'd come pick me up the next morning at like 10 in the morning. And we would start playing by 1030, play till two in the morning, go back, go, go back home, sleep. Come back on Sunday, you know, at like 11 in the morning, 
play till like eight at night. You know, that was the entire weekend was just yep. D and D crushed in. And as an adult, you just can't do adult that. with responsibilities. It's for me, I can, I mean, it's, you know, it's all within my work schedule though, but you know, you guys have kids and, you know, makes it more difficult. And Significant you know. others that want to see you in daylight hours, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Whenever you know, if Chad does make it on tonight, he he may or may not make an appearance tonight. Um, he can tell you at the times like whatever three o and three point five uh, Dungeons and Dragons was getting big, and we were playing the RPGA, and they we were doing those sessions that were like three hours long. We go to these conventions, um, where you'd be like, so Friday night you're gonna you're gonna do a session from six to nine, and then there's gonna be a session that runs from nine to midnight. But then yeah. these crazy people would be like, all right, so we're gonna start a session at two in the morning and run until five. People can take like two hours of sleep and get up for the next session that we're going to run until not until 10 in the morning. And then, oh, by the way, the convention starts at 11 and like, like legitimately, like they'd be doing that. Like, I think Chad had gone through sessions where he didn't sleep entire weekends. Now, of course, I'm DMing those sessions, which is cool because you get your ticket paid for, you get your two meals and all that fun stuff and free entry into the vendor room. Um, But yeah, you're just DMing all weekend long. You know, just think if we had technology like this back oh, then. Oh, God, that would have been so nice. You know, none of us ever would have gotten married. None of us, none of it ever would have happened, you know, because we'd just be doing this all the time. Sorry, I had an interruption for my child. I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. And a very important question. Apparently, my wife is <laughs> ordering from Domino's at 10 o'clock at night. So it was Wait. very important. Very important. Do you want anything? And of course, I'm on a diet. I'm exercising, so I'm like, all right, what can I eat that's not Nothing. super... A salad. Nothing. They have salads. They have salads. There's, but I, what's so, the point, Sean? Right. Exactly. Yeah, 10 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. what's the point in ordering the salad? You better off just not having anything. Yeah, well, hey, my dinner tonight, I had a steak, and then for the side, I had cheese and crackers with onions on the cheese and cracker, Ooh. and um, what else was it? Uh I can't remember some type of vegetable that I put on top of it too. So let's so. see my, my, with this new diet. So basically how my diet works is right now I do a smoothie for breakfast in the morning, which consists of like protein powder, um, some flaxseed, some ice cubes, fr- some fruit and, and some fruit. Okay. And I toss in some spinach in there for some of the greens. That's breakfast. I drink that on the way into work. Lunch every day of the week is the same thing. It's a big salad. It's got, you know, spinach and kale and it's got um, parsnips and carrots and onions and some radishes, a little bit of chicken in there, um, some strawberries and blueberries. That's lunch. I have a snack around three that's a banana and maybe an apple, depending on how hungry I am. And then tonight for dinner, she made um, uh, whole wheat uh, pancakes. We had pancakes for breakfast for dinner. So that having been said, I've been on this program for four weeks. I've lost like four inches from the midsection area. I'm exercising five days a week. I'm in the gym, our COVID gym right here in my, my fantastic garage, five days a week. I'm on the bike the two days that I'm not in the gym. I'm still pissed off because I'm whopping, I've lost, I've lost a whopping four pounds in four weeks. Now, have I lost inches? Yes. Do my clothes fit differently? Do I feel better? Absolutely, 100%. But there's that some validation that you want to have after cramming down so, salads every day of the week. For, so, like, so ultimately, just go to intermittent fasting. Do the 8 and 16. Only eat within an 8-hour window. And you can pretty much eat anything you want within that window. And don't eat for the next 16 hours and do it every day. Like, I don't eat breakfast. I eat lunch. So I go from 1130 to 730. 
Some days I go later, like tonight, I'm going later because I ate my first meal at almost two o'clock. So from two to 10 now is my window. And then I won't eat for 14 to 16 hours. And then I'll pick back up my 1130 to 730. And I've lost 19 pounds and haven't gained any of it back. And in my situation, that's gigantic because that's the only way that I can lose weight. Dieting, what I've learned is that dieting you're not going to lose weight dieting. You're never going to lose true weight dieting. You have and to. And that's what I'm combining with diet to, and exercise. But the it, exercise Ultimately, still, it's lifestyle change. It's right. the actual yep. thing. It, Doing it, something to lose weight doesn't work. You've just got to right. change your lifestyle, which is why right. I'm not losing weight. And um, <laughs> I, I, I don't like, want to change look, my lifestyle. I just want to be Look how baggy this shirt looks on me. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm definitely this. I, I can feel things changing i right i definitely look different especially in the midsection region so like i can see the results that are happening but i gotta tell you like you get down to your fourth you're like today's thursday that we record on thursdays i don't think I'm, I'm peeking too far behind the curtain on this one and i've had my fourth salad for lunch i get to the halfway through i'm like i'm so done like it's not that it tastes bad it's not that it like it's just i i'm it's such a chore and go, to, go to the intermittent fasting because then your window changes of how you can eat or the time you can eat, what you can eat. You can eat almost anything you want. Keep the exercise in there and you'll lose not only weight, not only inches. The problem is with diet and exercise, that exercise that you're doing is actually the keeping the weight on you. Because it's building muscle. I muscle. know. And like, right. I, I do like consciously in my brain, I know that, right. but there's that part of you. It's like, you know, <clears throat> if I can get myself to like 190, 190 is a good weight for my height at five, nine ish. I'm getting older. So I think I'm losing. I lost a half an inch. I don't know how the hell that happened, but if I can get myself at like 190 and I don't want to be Marvel buff, I don't want a six pack. I just well, want to lose. Only I want to I, I want to be. I want to be that buff, but I also want to eat McDonald's. Right. Exactly. So exactly. I, I can want it. I'm not gonna be Marvel buff, but I can want or, to. Or 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 you go to intermittent fasting and you can eat at McDonald's and still lose weight. Yeah. But ultimately, burn more calories than you take in. Job problem solved. Easy. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm no one ready. in the world will be overweight anymore. World right. hunger solved. Right. Well, if you can believe the the exercise, the fitness app, the activity app on the Apple Watch, I think I burn about a thousand calories every single day. You and burn more. You burn more than that your... just by being alive. FYI. No, I know that. I'm talking about like through the exercise I'm doing. But when yeah. you're sitting on your butt on a computer, like I am a developer by trade, I spend most of my time sitting behind a computer typing on a keyboard. When I can go from that to burning a thousand calories a day, I, I, I'm doing something right. I think. Yeah, I agree. So, well, so that was uh, health and fitness uh, <laughs> in focus on lack of focus. Chris, what have you been doing lately? Um, you know, this and that, not too much. Um, I ran some D&D for you guys. Which was fun. I don't know if you can see it because I've got the, um, the, the NVIDIA broadcast blend on the back here i do see i didn't i couldn't be bothered setting up the slr for this one so uh but but the table has slightly less garbage on it so slightly less there's there's fewer boxes in the middle there yeah um the theory being that it's father's day weekend so my father's day gift is that on friday jill is taking evie away camping and i get a host for myself so (laughs) that is your gift 
Yeah, I'm going to try and play something over weekend. So we'll see. Ooh, anything in particular or just um, anything, I've got, anything I've, at all? I've got some X-Wing planned for tomorrow night, hopefully. And then I might play uh, some shit. Um, I keep calling it shit. I'm such a boomer. Uh, some Underworlds, some Warhammer Underworlds, maybe. Much Shadesmore anymore. No, it's four iterations past Shadespire. Wow. Wow. Shadespire, Night Vault, Beast Grave, Diachasm. But now there's an official Warhammer Underworld starter box. And, and. Is that a role playing mi- game? It's um, a, um, a miniature skirmish game. You oh, t- okay. get a warband fight another warband, objective based. Yeah, it's Is it similar to Kill Team, like the Kill Team style. Um, yeah, it's basically Games Workshop's competitive game. Games Workshop's answer to X Wing or uh, Magic. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's it's in the Warhammer Fantasy universe, though, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think so. Didn't the Dominion box set just? come out this week um it comes out on uh, july 3rd uh, people oh, are getting 3rd. it the um early access stuff not heard anything about ours yet we should be getting one but um if we get it hopefully they'll let me know but what is what is dominion it's the new the third... Age of, third edition age of sigma oh so that's the new age of sigma okay. yes so that if yes. that is their if you are watching this on youtube that's their indominus box set for um age of sigma third edition which yeah. looks really good the orcs in there look awesome. I don't. I really like them. I really like the new look for those um, style of orcs. I I have fond memories of the old ones, and it probably doesn't frustrate me so much because I play goblins, so I still have Gloomspite Gits as a separate faction, and I still mm. have my goblin army from Warhammer Seventh and Eighth Edition. So the old, yeah, the Seventh Edition, the Seventh one was the Skaven one, right? Um, yeah, seventh was dominated by um, dark elves and demons of chaos were the big factions for uh, seventh edition. No, so, I mean, oh, you missed out. Like, yeah, Island of Blood. Sorry, yeah, yeah High Elves versus that's, Skaven. That's, yeah, that's the only one that I ever bought in mass because it had forty clan rats in it. And if you were yeah. going to be running, yeah, you had forty with swords and board, or you had twenty with sword and board and twenty with spears. And the when I was playing um, square basing. Um, Block and uh, block and movement tray movement of fantasy. That was the army that I chose because I just rank and flank, rank and flank the hordes, the horde style of I'm going to put a hundred clan rats in your way and we're we're just going to loop you and 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 go in on you. It was dirt cheap. It was dirt cheap. Two hundred points. Yeah, you could get twenty clan rats on eBay for like twelve bucks. And like if you decided you're going like I had a hundred sword and board, I had a hundred. Um, all, all in spears. They were ama- it was amazing. And then you got like the rat ogre units were in there too. You got your, I forget where they had the. I think they had two cannons in that set as well. Uh, it was a um, poison wind mortar mm-hmm. and um, a warp fire thrower. You had to buy the 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 cleaner from Labyrinth, the little mining drill thing, and the ratwing gun was one jet pay money for right but my point being is like so that was like games workshop since fifth edition 40k their their box set quote-unquote starter set introduction ones have been super good yeah i uh, still i still make the argument that fifth edition um assault on black reach is the best the best the death copters 
Defcopters. First of all, you had Defcopters. Yeah, it was Orcs and Space Marines because Space Marines are always going to be in the box set for forty k. Always from the Space Marine side, you get a full ten man tactical squad. You got a five man Terminator squad. You got a Dreadnought, and then you got the Captain. I think that came in there. And then from the Orc side, you got a War Boss, forty boys, and then like five knobs, and then the Defcopters, which are still the best sculpt for Defcopters. Like people are still to this day begging for that sculpt to come back. Because the one that they have that you buy right now is the old metal scope that they put in Finecast. Um, it was the was it like from Digger Knob and Gark uh-huh. Market Times? Yep, exactly. Like old second edition ish kind of. My point being is those box sets were fifty dollars a piece, yeah. which means if you were buying the orc half, if you were into orcs, which we were, because we have, I can't tell you the number of black reach orcs that we have in this house. Like you could buy the orc half of the black reach set for $25 that included shipping on eBay all day long, twice on Sunday. And we loaded up on boys because back in those days, one of the big best strategies for the orc army at the time was green, green tide. tide. 180 boys. And we've got 180 boys here. Um, but even from the Space Marine side, like those tactical squads, nine tenths of my Space Marine tactical Marines are Black Reach Marines. I just modded all the guns that came with them. So this one, because it came with a flamer, the guy only came with a flamer. So you just changed out. Now this one's got a melting gun. This one's got a plasma gun. So I've got all of all of my Marines, all the sergeants cool, but I'm going to cut his arm off. And now that sergeant's got a power fist and that one's got a power sword. And like, I've got all of those stuff that came with it. It was like almost majority of my... Um, Astartes army is made from tactical marines from that set. Yeah. Um, and then, what else, Fedon? I, I finished listening to, because I don't have time to read, I'm still reading my Uriel Ventress novel, which Ooh. I've been reading for since it came out with the figure and everything. But I've, I've managed to listen to Talon of Horus and Black Legion by Aram Dempsky Bowden, which are both really so, good. One of the best writers that they yeah. have. Uh, Him and, and Dan Abnett are my two favorites. I started again on um, the, not the Indominus one, the previous one, the Dark Crusade. So it goes Dark Crusade, Plague War, and then God King just came out or something. Um, Dark Crusade, is it out on audio? Yeah. yeah. Damn, I just spent my token. Oh. Yeah. I'll have to wait till next month now. So I'm, I'm about halfway through that at the moment. And then I did a painting stream on Sunday. Um, Where would they find said painting stream? That's Dice Hate Chris on Twitch. It's uh, the VOD's taken down now because I didn't want to leave it up because it um, got muted at different points through me messing around trying to get the music right and everything. But that should be set up to work properly from now on. So I need to find what time slot I'm going to do painting streams in, but that'll be at least once a week. Um, if we're still doing um, Inquisitor and like Randor gaming, that's going to be happening. I want to try and fit in one other night a week. So I think if I get all of the bods caught up for D&D, I might start streaming the RPG stuff. But I don't know. I might wait until this campaign's finished and try and see if I can plan a better overlayer and everything like that for it. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Should be good. But yeah, it's good. So trying to do some variety streaming on Twitch has been good fun. I've got 54 followers, I think, now. So that's Ooh. that big tick for um, being an affiliate. Uh, so just need to keep my average viewer count up and then stream more, and then I can try to uh, make it worthwhile. 
Yeah, so if you want to help Chris out, what you do is you tune into a stream whenever he's on, turn the volume down, and just I put it put it on the iPad, let it run, just help him out so that he has that he can help get up to that level. Well, friends, don't watch me, but just pretend it's fine. You should watch him. <laughs> My only problem, of course, we have the we're still in. I know. We're still doing COVID stuff, so it, was, it it started, I think, on 3 o'clock on Sunday, which is the exact same time that my parents and I have our, our weekly Discord calls, so we can kind of yeah. hop on video and have everyone, Grandma and Grandpa, talk to the kids. Um, so I was, I'm not going to lie, I was folding laundry and watching Chris paint at the same time. <laughs> that's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I enjoyed it, actually. Um, it was a good setup. It, you did a really good it takes job. a little bit of time. Uh, it'll be muscle memory getting into painting in a way that shows it off better. Um, but I said that's just going to be practice. Um, I've got my project I'm going to do next. Um, so I've finished the God tier guys that should be up on Instagram right now. Um, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about it. It's fine. It's on Instagram at the moment. And then I'm probably going to do one of the Elder Scrolls um, warbands. I really like the storm quotes because I love the blue on them. Um, so I'm probably going to do those. And then my next project after that is going to be finishing Sean's Cyberpunk uh, miniatures. And so then that, after, after that? Um, it depends if uh, your stuff's assembled or not. But I was curious. I do want to know like, if there's if there's a possibility, because apparently they've uh, the sisters now have a new uh, Supreme yeah. Commander who's gigantic. And I love her. She's right. She is riding. Oh, I can't get her name right. I'm going to be really bad. It's and if you Mal. want some of her new war suit stuff, I'm sure I can try and grab them from the store for you at some point. Yeah, I would think so. I would think that I think her more involved in having those. It's not. They're not patented engines. What are they? They are. Yeah, the the they look like mini. Um, look like mini dreadnoughts. Dread yeah. Yeah. Paragon war suits. That's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Mini dreadnoughts. That's probably a better one. But like more involved looks awesome she's in this big gigantic suit and she's got these little hands that she's controlling it i'm thinking yeah. like um the matrix like those big monsters the the big machines that they had where they had these not like dr robotnik no not no not at all not at all like that but that's how she controls this war suit and she looks badass so i want to add that to my order if possible yeah, which means that i, need to, um, which I might need you to give me money to actually buy the models because like I don't know how to be able to do that, but I'll be able to sort it out. That's fine. Because yeah. I would want well, I wanna I wanna add her and I wanna add a unit of those The actual suits. The actual Paragon War suits yeah. to go with her. Because she needs bullet monkeys. I mean she needs a retinue yeah. <laughs> to to go in and, and beat stuff up with that that big ass sword of hers. Yeah. I can't wait. Whatever the when I that's the that I think for me that's gonna be the surreal thing for me is watching you paint the sisters on your stream and then knowing that at some point in time they're gonna come here. I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's good. Um but no that's it. I've been working a little bit more hours at work as well, so trying to not look too haggard and tired at the moment. Um doing my best. I like shaved before we came on, so I, I can nice. have an effort, you know. I was in the office today, so I did do this. I show. may even be able to get a haircut as well, not have to do oh. it myself. Like, that would be Ooh. amazing because I'm, like, I'm sure there's like a horrible rat tail down the back here. And, like, <laughs> oh. So, well, years and years and years ago, my wife decided that paying for haircuts was stupid, and she just got herself the barber kit. And we we went. I'm not going to lie, we went through a couple of years of or a couple of haircuts that may have not been so good, but she's gotten really good at it now. She gets all back. the hair. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
But like some of the worst decisions in my life were bad haircuts. I'm just throwing that out there. I had uh, when I got to um, Prince Sultan Air Base in Saudi Arabia. I think like two days in, I was just done because my hair was. I don't know if it's thinning or not now. I'm getting a bit older, but um, I, I got a spot back here that's never. Yeah, yeah. Like um, I went into a barber's there and just got a zero all over, and I looked. A full-on private pile. Well, that's what, that's what I do. I just I just bought clippers at the beginning of COVID, and that's all I do now. Stand in my bathtub and just yep. get it all off. And, yeah. and I've and, got, uh, got do my every- beard trimmer because I I don't go for the chad. I keep it relatively short. It's gotcha. mainly just to disguise one of these chins. <laughs> right, right. That's what yeah. right here. That's what this is for. You don't want to disguise that one right there. I, I was gonna. It was originally like the Will Riker, and then I I just took it further and further down, and yeah. There's more gray. I, just, I, 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 I confession time. So I was never really bothered about going having gray hair, but I actually have dyed the beard twice since. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Just, just for men, beard dye. Not see, now. Kind of, you can see it coming in, but yeah, that's kind I, of my problem. Like the beard's almost like full gray now. Like if I did now, I'd probably have more gray in the beard because I do have yeah. like the salt and pepper temples. Like I, all, yeah. all, all of mine is gray here. So yeah. anything on my God chin. damn it, we're getting old, guys. What the no, fuck? I said I think like <laughs> I, I mind because I said to Jill after I'd done it, I was like, I don't actually feel as embarrassed about having done it as I thought I would before I did it. Does that make sense? Because I used to just have a patch of grey here, but now it's coming in all over. And I don't know. So I, and I did it. So, you know, I might just dye my hair. It's fine. Just just start getting just for men, man. Because I... Who was he? Um, oh, man. Uh, Paul Rudd. He's like 50-something now or whatever. I'm like, there's no way his hair's that colour. Right? Paul Rudd's <laughs> that old. He's the same he age as the guy out of Cocoon. <laughs> That was a meme that Ira posted, I think it was, on Facebook. Yeah, but Wilford Brimley was like 45 when he was in... Oh, he's 52. So Wilford yeah. Brimley was 52. Yeah. So Rudd's about, Rudd's about six months, a little over six months older than him. Yeah, for, yeah, Rudd was born in April of 69. He is 52 years old. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, shit, that's his natural hair. <laughs> there we oh, go, sir. So, uh, I mean... If it's good enough for Paul Rudd, man, it's good enough for me. Just saying. If Ant Man can do it, I can do it. Right, well, yeah. I think this is like, I think this is. Uh, so we're gonna. This is really down a rabbit hole. I'm at that point, like, where I don't feel like my face looks like I'm old, but the hair definitely adds to it. So you're right. Like, you're, if I cared, and I genuinely don't, but if I did, and I were to like, I would look like I were thirty. 30 again my early 30s i I feel like i have the same face like i don't have wrinkles i don't have stress marks anything like that so like i think we all fall into that same category i just look weathered you know yes yes exactly so so i'm thinning but i haven't turned yet up here very much this is all natural color it's all still yeah no i don't i don't have the bleed over yet (laughs) i just have it on my chin and in my beard i'd love to have as much energy as your dog chasing his tail though (laughs) that would be nice that means that someone left the basement door open again, even though I sent her back up and someone took her up. So yeah, so those of you get to see on YouTube, you get to see Peanut chasing her tail because that's what Peanut does. <laughs> she's a mastiff. She's beautiful. 135 pound puppy. Yeah, but she's not that big yet. She's not even a full full bull mastiff. No, not yet. Not, not no. like my dog. 
Yeah, but yours is sitting there quietly in the corner. Your I dog is doing exactly what I would love to be doing is sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, I'll try to I'll try to make mine super super quick. Uh, since we pretty much everything that I do that involves gaming involves these guys, and they all talked about <laughs> everything, so I don't feel like retreading old ground. Um, <laughs> the only other thing that I think that I have planned um, while we were doing D anD D, so at some point in time you will see the show whenever Chris does the production and actually gets the video out. Uh, I was painting uh, Necrons during our last session of D anD D because I am going out into the real world and playing a game that involves dice. Uh, my two oldest have been vaccinated. We're waiting for that 14-day waiting period, but that is going to be up next week, which means I am going to venture out into the real world. The COVID cases locally are down to single digits per day. Four day or five-day average is like in the teens. So it's at that point where I'm getting to feel my safety level, my anxiety is starting to come down a little. Not completely gone away, because... I know there are other strains in the UK. UK is going back into lockdowns. I know India is on fire whenever it comes to COVID cases. So I'm not by any stretch of the imagination relaxing in any way, shape, or form. But I feel like if I go in and I'm with a mask and I'm going to be playing Chad and Chad's in the mask and we're in a fairly large space, I think I'm going to be okay. I So I want to make sure that whenever I show up to play Chad, our thousand point game of 40K, my first actual game on the table of ninth edition 40k a year after it's been out it's they're all painted i can't have any excuses i've had a year to get ready for this so your excuse is you're playing necrons and you've got a tin of spray paint like Rylon chrome non iowa wash base done mine's a little bit more elaborate i do like a blue metallic than i do a, i do gold and then I've got, I'm using Chris's method that he taught me with basically doing a white and doing the um, ultramarines, the the contrast paint to do the the effects yeah. on that. The Scorpec destroyers, I actually have to do some um, dry brushing to get the, the blades to look the way that I want them to. Because you start with black, and then you start, you dry brush a dark, dark gray, then a lighter gray, then some white. So you can get that really like rippling effect to look like a power weapon. And then you do the contrast paint over it. So it's not just that. Yeah. I am putting some effort into it. And then you have to, I may have to get around to highlighting at some point in time to do the highlights and everything. But overall, yes, if you really wanted to, Necrons are the easiest ones to really paint. You could just quite literally go chrome paint, maybe paint a little, or a little bit of gold here and there wash base and done it it can be that easy mine a little bit more elaborate than that that's yeah. it that's all I, like like legitimately i'm really looking for like you i have no you have no idea how excited i am about on i, I think you'll find i do so <laughs> i'm going to play something myself i'm, I'm oh, excited God, i can't wait can't wait it's yeah. never going to live up to what i want it to be but just the idea of just being able to walk into a game store again and be able to pick dice up physically i, pick I dice cannot up. wait like the amount of rage i get when my dice just don't go my way, it's going to be insurmountable. Like, I'm just going to quit all. Get, you will never hear another podcast after this one because it'll just it'll have been built up, and then the dice will be shit, and then I'll just like I'm done. Rage quit. Rage yeah, quit all I, gaming. Uh, I waited. I waited all this time in COVID times. My for me, I, uh, again, I think that competitive gene in me has slowly. It's not dead. It's gone into a slumber. I don't care if I win, lose, or draw the game. I it's just putting models on and making pew pew noises and and rolling dice. That's all I care so about. So I've played a decent amount. I say maybe like ten games of Warhammer Underworlds, 
against the bots because obviously we all downloaded the game the other week because it was free. Mm, true. So I've played a few games of that, and like one game in particular, I remember I I was running a warband where I was going to score all my points just by killing. Just play really aggressive, push into their territory, get attacks, hold objectives in their territory. Um, and my first three attacks, um, they rolled a crit on defense, which stops everything. A double crit on defense after I rolled a crit on an offense, so they trumped me again. Then it was a crit on defense again. So the first three attacks of my um, my fit came, I was like, yep, yeah, okay, yep, yeah, cool, cool, whatever, yep, yeah, cool, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. That's the equivalent of safe hands or sure hands elves not picking up the ball for three turns. Yep, fucking annoying. Like, there's no way. And then, uh, of course, in your head, like, I'm doing this electronically. There's something, like, that's where... How yeah, many times have you? I I still won. It was fine. I just had to like completely ditch all of my objective cards that I planned on scoring. Cause, uh, I'm fine. We're gonna do it. I'm gonna do an underworld's tangent because I don't. I it's a really really good game that I really enjoyed when Shades by a came out. The only thing that stopped me from playing it was the deck building aspect because I'm not. I'm not that good at deck building because I don't really have any interest in it. And I also had this weird thing where I wouldn't just work online and take a deck that people told me to either, which... So like, when you say deck building, like it's basically a pre like a constructed deck. Like it's So not, the way it works is you have your warband who have set fighters. You can't change the models in your warband. If you play Steelheart's Champions, you have these three Stormcasts who all have their own abilities and their own stuff. But then you have, I'm going to, I might get the numbers wrong, but you have a 15 card power deck, which can be upgrades or, so upgrades would be a permanence in magic, um, ploys would be an instance, that kind of thing. So you okay. can have like, I miss an attack, I get to re-roll it. Um, or but you choose I, those. You yeah, choose you, those you build a deck. So you can build it from warband specific cards. And then there's a general pool of cards as well. So you can you build a 15-card deck or, or something like 15 cards. And then you also build an objective deck, which is 12 cards maybe. And you, ha- and you draw three, and they'll, that'll be how you're going to score your points because the... Each right, there's it's a three round game. You only play so you play three turns. I activate someone, you activate someone, and we both get four activations. So in a game, you will only ever do twelve things. If you're mm. playing a warband that has seven fighters, you in your turn you only get to activate four because you That's... only get four activations in your turn. So in the entire game, you do twelve things, and if I do my twelve things, but then you do your twelve things, utilizing my deck and utilizing my objective deck, I win, you lose. Interesting. Yeah. But, like, you can have... So there's going to be an advantage for taking those taking those uh, warbands that are larger. Like, if you lose a model, then you can just move down to using another model. Yeah. Uh, so the way it works is... To build is in the attrition. If, if you charge... So you, when you activate, you can either activate a model, you can drop a... You can draw another power card... Or you can exchange an objective card. If you hmm. so, if you've got three objectives that you don't think you're going to score, you might want to drop one of them and draw a new one in the hope gotcha. that you'll be able to score it this turn. If you've got a power you, card, you, you score know, point, You score points for every objective you score in your turn. 
Um, sort of. I'll get to it. But okay. yeah, um, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do because I knew this is what would happen. But it's fine. It's good. Now I've got questions. Yeah. They, they, um, it leads to questions. Yeah. So when you activate a model, you can move, put them on guard, or attack. If you move, you put a movement counter next to them, and they can't move again. If you move and attack, you put a charge token next to them, and you can't activate that model again at all. Ever? For that round. Oh, for that round. Okay, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Then the next turn... Um, so, But like, if you just do an attack, you can attack again. You can attack with the same model four times Is if all you do is attack. That could be your entire round is this one model just is in the perfect position already, so it just keeps attacking. It's you... So you can ramble one thing through. So if you if you move and then stop, don't attack this turn, but then attack next time. You could move it into position and attack. But if you do the move and attack, then it can't activate it again. So, and yeah, once the stuff's dead, you can't bring it back on. It doesn't come back to life or anything like that. It's just taken out and you score, you score one point for each model you take out of action. So the benefit of having, playing like Skaven, you get seven models. But each time you lose one, you give up a point. But the trade-off is, is every time you begin to overwhelm them because they're down yeah. to four models, you're at six. They're down to two models, you're at five. Yeah, and from memory, the way the dice work is that there are um, the attack dice are two hammer symbols, one um, cross-sword symbol, one single support, and two double support so that means that if your attacks are hammers you hit on fives if you've got somebody helping you like in blood ball if you think of a support in blood yeah, ball like a, you hit on fours blocker. because you you're adding in there's one of those symbols if you've got two people helping you you hit on threes basically down to twos uh, so it's kind of like balanced that way i think i can't yeah, exactly no, that remember makes sense. Um, and that, but if your attack is for cross swords, there's only one of those, so you'd normally need sixes to hit, and it kind of goes that way. Okay, starting um, to make sense. Yeah, but it's good. I, I really, I, I say, I really enjoy the game. I really like it because of that. The thing I find really attractive about it is the boards. I, I bring my board, you bring your board, and then one of us places, and then I can place my board at any connecting point to yours, and I can rotate my board around. So you can play long ways, you can play offset, you could play uh, a perfect... um, So you take the board, and each board has got different layouts of deployment hexes, because each board has got seven hexes on it that you can deploy on, and they're laid out in different ways. So you can have a really aggressive one with them all up on one end. You can have a defensive one where they're behind some um, impassable terrain and stuff. So I really like that aspect, and the... I only have to do 12 things this turn, this game. Uh, and that, so the way the, the structure of a turn goes is I have my, if I'm going first, I do mine, you do yours four times each. But after I've activated something, I get a power step where I can play a power card. Then you get to play a power card. And I get to play a power card. You get to play a power card until we both pass. Gotcha. If, if you pass and I don't pass, you get to play, you get to come back to you. You don't like lose your option to play it. And these but, are the cards that are in your hand. Yes. And once you play a card, it's gone. You use yeah. it, correct? Okay. But so there's it's, like, it's, it's a resource. The, Got yeah, it. there's heals, there's like control aspects of like 
moving models or swapping places of models or giving you bonuses to damage or negative damage. Like if I play it in my power step, it'll reduce, I can reduce the damage you're going to do to me kind of thing um, and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, it is good. Um, but anyway, yeah. It, it, it was free during that time frame. Yeah. So I've been playing that and um, I got screwed on dice. And I remember when I was playing it, but I used to, I was raging about it. But <laughs> not the angriest I've ever been. Not, not as angry as I was at myself at Worlds. It's fine. Um, but I, I used to just rant about, you've got the random element of the dice and you've got the random element of who gets to go first each round. You've got a random element of what card you draw from your objective deck, and you've got a random element of your power deck. So it's just too, it's too random. And, and I'm like, yeah, it's it, not. It, that, does, that does feel a bit much. I mean, that's because I'm overselling it, because <laughs> like, the randomness of who goes first isn't really... Like, that's just a normal game thing. Yeah, Randomness of dice is actually how you win games is by stacking those dice in your favor. Sure, you'll get times where they roll three crits and it's whatever. Um, and then... Ice mitigation, it is an important yeah. skill to learn. And then, that's what I thought. Yeah, so the layout of the dice I said was completely wrong because I didn't mention crits, so they're on there as well. Um, and then, what else was there? Uh, like, you... It, the, the standard base game came with, like, hold objective one, hold objective two, hold objective three four and five because there's five objectives that you place on an empty hex and then like, i'd be like oh i can claim objective one but i got card for claiming objective four and there's no way i'm going to get that but because i'm shit at the game i was like holding on to it like i'll run all the way over there and claim that one instead when the real thing is you just take a turn and you just trade that one out i'm never going to get that one i don't care it's gone but yep. like that that's the earth like the the big brain the galaxy brain is just don't fucking put that scoring card in your deck do you ah. just just you build your own objective deck so why'd you put it in there right well are there other objectives randomly placed um so you place them face down so you don't know what number you're placing and then you flip turn them up the other way because the like the hexagonal piece of card one side has the art with the number on it and the other side is a, like an effectively a plane back so you mm-hmm. shuffle them all, and then I place one, you place one, I place one, you place one, I place one. But then how would you ever know that you would never, like, not to put Objective 4 objective into your deck if you don't know if Objective 4 is way over there or if Objective 4 isn't right in front of you? Oh, that's it. You don't. But if if you don't like if you don't like the fact that sometimes Objective 4 just isn't going to be an easy one for you to score, you don't take the objective, score Objective 4. Gotcha. But there's sometimes where you'll get that card right at the start and you can deploy next to Objective 4 in your backfield. Right. So it's okay, one that yeah, they, I see, they can't... I see where you're If at. you're willing to gamble, it all works out and they can't stop you, you have to also accept the times when it's just not going to happen. Because and That would indicate to me that there are other objectives in the deck that aren't the physical ones that are on the board to score. Yeah, the there are. There's stuff like... The, the Warband I've been playing... Is the one from the start, the actual Warhammer Underworld starter box, the Dupree's, um, the undead horse knight people, and Ooh. it's all about like charging forwards and like Hacky basically, slashy. yeah, um, it lends itself to aggressive play, which is fun against the computer, and you know it's been pretty easy playing it. 
but like my my objectives is because they're ethereal ghosts i'll take the objective where it's um do a charge move where you move through a model or an impassable piece of terrain so all i have to do is one of my models has to charge and i have to so i'll like charge through the model i'm going to attack and then attack him from the back because then i've moved through the model and it's like succeed in an attack after a charge move and then the other one could be if all of your models have either a move or a charge token so in turn one, I'll charge everyone, I'll move them, and I'll charge... Already, yeah, I'll charge... Valid charge to go and attack. Yeah, so like, you just... You move them and get the move counter, and then it, like... So, and some objectives you score as soon as you've done it, others are scored in the end phase of each round. If you score immediately, you draw you draw up, back up to three. So you kind of... You kind of trying to cycle through the deck as quickly... Yeah, the way yep. you win Underworlds is you cycle through your objective deck as quick as you can. Because if if I do all of my objectives in the first two turns and then you kill me, the game continues. Mm. On, on my turn, I can still... I can't activate a model because all my models are dead. I can still draw a power card and I can still um, do the exchanging objective cards because there's objective cards for, like, my entire warband's dead. So I achieved my objective of killing my own warband. <laughs> Interesting, so, but yeah, it's I, I like that reminds it. You, that reminds me a little bit like how Malifaux, like Malifaux had like some of the secret objective cards where like you know one of my objectives, like you could win the game. Like Malifaux is not a game that you, if I wipe all your models off, you lose because that very well could have been my primary objective in the first place. Is I'm going to kill all, I have all my models dead. Yeah, uh, the reason I I like this more than Malifaux is explicitly because of how finite it is. It's twelve actions each. So it's a, a very quick game. It's like X-Wing. I, you can play it in an hour. You can, I think from memory, it's been a while since I ran an Underworlds tournament, even before the pandemic. But the official like event rounds is like 75 or 90 minutes a round, but you play best of three. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I really like it. But... All right. There you go. That, that's right, an so that hour's was, worth of filler. Doing I was going to well. say, that was an hour's worth of flight deck. So let's get into some actual semi-X-Wing related information here. Atomic Mass Games. Yeah, this has, is what we're doing first. Ha- has a forum. Okay, so I do want to open up with the rant we had pre-show. Okay, so, this okay. is good. You'll so, like this. If you're going to go... And watch the VOD. If you listen to a podcast, you'll just have to follow along and imagine. But on the VOD now, as you can see, I have my Google window open up. So what we're going to do is we're going to Google. Not unless you're driving. If you're driving, don't do this. We're going to Google Atomic Mass Games. And we're going to go to Atomic Mass Games. And we're going to look at all this fancy uh, Marvel art that comes up. It's good. Seems like Sc- they're only promoting one yeah. particular game. Uh, scroll down to the bottom where I'd expect there to be like the the full on like menu of where everything is there's nothing there so i'll scroll back up to the top and i'll click on what do you say this is called a burger i don't know yeah so the programming we call that the burger that's a little yeah. three lines in the right that kind of expands out yeah so there's like star wars announcement not in there i'll go back what's it star wars q a i think it's important to, it's important to note when you click on that burger the word forum isn't yeah. There. So the way you find this, and it, this is atrocious and why I'm laboring the point, is you go to the homepage, 
you scroll halfway down the page, in between what it says, prepare for a crisis protocol. Marvel Crisis Protocol is a tabletop hobby miniature game set in the Marvel Universe. Players assemble, paint and collect an ever-expanding line of highly detailed plastic miniatures representing iconic Marvel characters. Players choose characters from a collection to form their own Marvel-inspired dream team and then pit their chosen forces against each other on an interactive table where a very train itself can be thrown, crashed into, destroyed during the super-powered shoulder. I mean, that sounds really cool. I don't know how I'm supposed to take from that, that if I want my X-Wing rules questions answered, that I click on the rules forum button underneath this, which <laughs> doesn't like, have anything. So you, you click on that, and then we get to a forum. Yeah. And then we get Star Wars Legion and Star Wars X-Wing rules. So there we go, folks. That's the secret ways. If you don't just have the link memorized, which is forums.atomicmassgames.com forums sorry, slash forum slash 43 dash Star Wars dash Star dash Wars dash X dash Wing dash Rules dash question backslash. If you don't have that memorized, it seems really simple to find. Yeah. You would think that at some point in time, whenever Atomic Mass Games took over the X-Wing Ministers and they decided, hey, we're going to put a rules form up, that somebody would have gone to the website, gone to the HTML code right. that added that, and just put a goddamn link to the forum section, like every other company. It's almost as if... I mean, if I wanted to find, product. like, X-Wing rules, you go to products, you go to Star Wars... Oh, God, yeah, you just try that, too. And then you just scroll down, look, rules down here, look at all this. So Seems easy. But, yeah, I've, I was, we were chatting about it before the show started, and I, I think my big... Wait, 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 wait. Your website's different. So when I click on, when I go to the burger, and yeah. I click rules i go crisis rules i get crisis protocol rulebook faq and errata all crisis protocol game modes ultimate encounters we all will be metal and then we see rules rules and printings uh ai tip cards flow charts the incredible hall oh no i was talking about the ffg website when i said just scroll down to all oh, the ffg one yeah no yeah, I agree. where it's really easy but- yeah. My point is, when I go to the Atomic Mass Games and I click on the Rules button, yeah. it doesn't go anywhere to Star Wars Legion. It doesn't go to X-Wing. It doesn't go anywhere. There's nothing on here that intimates to me that Star Wars is even a game that they have, yeah. let alone how to get to a forum, FAQ, rules, downloads, none of that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want somewhat- to assume incompetence. If you might, I would like to OP think there must be a reason. Someone put the ROP announcement. So if you do, they do have the Star Wars OP announcement. And you can see the brief article that they put up about organized play in 2021. Cool. So somebody had the competence level to put that up. Someone had the put competence level to put the Star Wars Q&A up. Again, another short article that, um, that they put. So articles that uh, Atomic Mass Games wrote are available on there. Someone hasn't gotten to the point of writing, oh, by the way, here's a forums link. So what I, I'm hoping this is the case because I'll give them a pass if that is, and I generally, I don't like to, you know, just rant and rave and be negative. So I would hope that this website is approved by Disney because Atomic Mass Games had the Marvel license and that they can't change this website overly much at the moment. That would be my hope, that it's all tied to the licensing agreements, and that's why it is the way it is. Because the only other reason I can kind of give them is just gross incompetence, and I don't like that. But just 
just put a link to Atomic Master Forum that just says Atomic Master Games Forum somewhere on the. You know what I mean? Like how, just... how how difficult is that? Like I couldn't imagine that that would have to go through LFO. I couldn't imagine that would have to go through Disney proper. Like you, you would. I'm just putting a links to a rules form for games for rules that have already gone through LFO, that have already gone through Disney proper, that have already been approved. It's just a link on how to get them. Yeah, that, that's all it but is. That was fairly annoying when I went to look at that because don't get me wrong, I had a direct link to this. Because and I clicked put- it and I looked at it and I went through it. But then to get that direct link, I had to either be following Atomic Mass Games on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. That was the only way I got the direct link. Someone was them. kind enough to post it in our Discord too. Yeah. yeah. That's how um, I got to. And so then- so, <clears throat> so when you look at the forums, what's missing? Uh, Armada. So you have Armada's missing out of the rules forum. Yeah, yeah, we were gonna get to that. But yeah, so what I, what I wanted to go through is what's actually in here once we actually get to it for X-Wing. So there's um, corrections for rules reference guide. So that means that the rules reference guide that is available through the FFG website is no longer up to date, but it hasn't been taken down or updated. So oh, you wait, still have did- to print that out and then eraterate from this which is relatively annoying. I was going to say, the first thing they do is they point you to the FFG one to download it, and then, oh, by the way, here are the changes that you need to add. Yeah. They um, don't give her the eroded version of it. And I, they, I would assume that it has to do, again, with the license and the procedural format of how these things happened, that they're just not ready. This is where like some of the people's arguments about how this must have been pre-planned and everything and that people had noticed it's like i i never thought so i think when when the news dropped i think i was on the side of it was just asmodee fucking people over and i'm still i'm still on team asmodee screwed it ffg and amg with this but hey ho Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. So, yeah, maybe we should probably clarify, because it does sound like we're dumping on, you know, Atomic Mass Games a bit, but they they do need to go through a process, because it is the Star Wars property. They've got to go through and get it. That's one of the main reasons why 2nd Edition went to the format that it did, is it allowed the game developers to make points changes um, via the app and via the, the points document that they put out and not have to change the physical cards. Anything that is physically in print, they have to go to LFL first, uh, Lucasfilm Limited, for those who don't know, and that needs to get approval. There's an approval process there. It's a time-consuming process, which is half, well, it's a better version of the game, to be honest with you. But that's one of the things that they're now able to do is they can make those point changes and they don't have to go through that approval process because they're not changing anything in print. However, rules rules corrections, rules erratas, that's in print, it probably has to go through LFL. So I'm sure Atomic Mass, putting a damn link to the forums that aside, that's not LFL. Yeah. Because it's their own forums, because clearly they have, aside from that, the rules forum also includes Crisis Protocol, which is a Marvel property, so it is probably Disney, so maybe it is that. Maybe they do have to go that route. I don't know. Yeah, so what I wanted to just touch on, I don't want to go through everything that's on here. It's a really good resource. Um, I would advise asking questions here, like, rather than asking them on the uh, Facebook page that I run, because whilst Dee and Chris, who are moderators on here, both 
frequent that and will happily answer. Anything printed on here is considered an official ruling. And it looks like they're actually, you sign up, you ask a question, someone will answer it, and then the thread gets closed. So you just have a bunch of questions that have been asked by Republic. And, and then, then they get locked. And then they get locked. Yeah. But uh, you've got Chris and D. Uh, so Chris is from the UK and oft confused because he's also Christopher K and he's from the UK and um, does real stuff. So understandably, people confuse us. It's not me. I have nothing to do with this. Um, but you've got California time zone and UK time zone. So you've got a really wide range of um, potential to get an answer in a relatively decent amount of time turnaround. If, if you look through it, there's a bunch of stuff, been out, like multiple pages. The forum's only been up for a couple of days, I think. And then in addition to that, they have frequently asked questions, which is just them banging out rulings for, for stuff that needs answers. And I think it's really good. I think it's a good resource. Um, people like the actual content is really really good. The some stuff's changed. The there's obviously a difference of. Um, let me just take that away now. We don't need to see that. You can look at my beautiful face again if you're watching Nevada. Um, they officially, officially define transfer. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's right. It's stuff that isn't covered and wasn't getting covered has been done, which is really good. They've. You can't say they flip-flopped on some rulings because, obviously, AMG never made those rulings in the first place. But there's a couple of things which is, like... The big one that immediately struck me as being different to how we would have interpreted it in the past had we had direction from people due to things that we were taking part in before ships were released... Um, can a ship equipped with Emperor Palpatine spend a force charge to change Darth Vader's tie defender results while he's defending? Yes, a ship with Velpid Palpatine is spending a char- force charge, not Darth Vader. So, well, that's not how it was initially ruled and played. I don't care. I don't think. I don't that's think that that's a bad ruling. No, I, I don't think to, it is either. It's just a change in philosophy, which means that, like someone like myself who has been doing this for a while. I can't assume that the precedents that were set are now going to continue because it's a completely different team with completely different design ideals and philosophies. So it is definitely worth taking the time to sit down and read through it is the crux of what I'm getting at. Um, I'll make sure there's links in the show notes to it, a direct link to the forum, you know? Yeah, so you don't have to go playing hunt and seek for it. But yeah, that's it. I, I, I didn't want to go through point by point and try and read them all out because that just makes for a bit of a boring show um, I know we've done that kind of stuff in the past but it was more when I I personally felt like I was in a position to try and offer something to you guys but I think the, the best I can offer at the moment is this is a link to it go and read it for yourselves and, and get in touch and get used to using this as a resource I won't be closing <laughs> the, um, the Facebook one because i feel like the having the community respond to easy questions kind of takes some of the weight off chris and d um having to kind of do it so the facebook group will still be there i'll still do my best to answer stuff but something else to consider is like this as an actual usable resource now 
Yeah, no, and uh, again, I think they're they're doing the best they can under the circumstances. Yeah, uh, I still think they're getting their feet under them. It's just put a link. <laughs> <laughs> put a put a link. Like how? It's not that hard. But put a link. Yeah. yeah. It's four lines of code. In HTML. Uh, it's a, like the button. It's just where they've hidden that button. Just like because it goes from that into new releases, and there's not even a come join our forums. There's nothing. It's just like real forum, tiny button, click here. So hey-ho. in the industry, we say that that is not intuitive. It is and not, not very not very user friendly. It was not, but. I thought it would make a fun uh, a fun experience to talk about. So maybe I'm just trying to poke holes because I'm a bit of a dick, but you know, it's entertaining. Get on board. You know, sometimes guys, true feelings get masked for the sake of entertainment. Just saying. Maybe <laughs> maybe we all actually got along on Nova and we just argued because it was a good show. All maybe, right. Let's maybe. Have, let's have, maybe. 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 <laughs> Let's talk about fun stuff. There was a fun event that we have been following closely. The Pew Pew Holiday event. The guys who did what I wish I could have done, which is book out a weekend, get an Airbnb, and ran a little tiny five-person event. And we broke down the list last time, which ones we thought. We not knowing how well they were doing because games were going on at the time that we were recording. We were not cheating in advance and we weren't looking to see results. But we have winners and losers, and we know how well this did. How well did we predict this one? I think we did a pretty good job. So I'll bring up the um, thing for viewers again. So again, if you're listening along, unlucky production value, though. Look at that. Instead of looking at us, you get to see the standings from the players. So obviously, the entire run-up to that tournament, we were hammering out deployments and turn zero stuff, and that was all for Michael. And we gave him some list suggestions after he'd told us what he likes to play. And he managed to go three and one and get second place, only losing to the eventual winner, who was Peter, who was running the list you liked, Ed, the, uh, the Y-Wings. And, Wiring uh, list. Because yeah. I liked it for multiple reasons. The paint scheme, first of all, was, in case you haven't seen or seen the pictures in Discord, was a Ninja Turtle theme. You had Splinter and you had four Y-Wings and each Y-Wing was painted up under each individual Ninja Turtle. I thought that was awesome. That was great. Yeah. Plus it brought Y-Wings back into the game. <laughs> yep. With Iron Cannons, no less. Yep. So um, we had, Peter was first with the y I can put this up, can I? So we'll just go here, please. So Peter's Cowabunga Squadron was Constable Zuvio with Ketsu Ono, Proximity Mines and Pattern Analyzer. And then four Kamara goons with proton bombs and iron cannon turrets. And like we said at the time, it's a lot of control, which kind of drives you into a bombs and just it just messes you up. And then he can launch that proximity mine forwards when he drops it to um, like drop it on you if you're an ace and that kind of thing. So I, yeah. I love the idea of ironing you and then <laughs> then bombing you. It was awesome. Yeah. So that I one agree. went that one went four and oh. What about some of the other lists? So like we yeah, are, so, want to talk about Michael's list. Michael went second, which yeah. was another list that I loved out of this, by the way. Yeah, that was the the B wing with tractor beam and stabilized S foils and four standard X wings. So the Rebel Beef with um, a little bit of jank in the tractor beam. And yeah, he said he managed to just like say lined up that tractor beam shot a couple of times to. Um, barrel roll people into um, range and shots for the X-Wings and they've got one less agility and just 
like I said, people will land ships in front of you, and then you just kill them. It's a ton of red dice that you're throwing. Yeah. And especially if you get the benefit from the tractor beam, then you're lowering their agility, and then you're just throwing a bunch of red dice at them. It's beautiful. Yeah. Then Nan's list went two and two for the mid-table obscurity, and that was the... on this podcast, that's where we live, is in mid-table security, just so we're on the same page. I w- I'm sure if you asked Charlton, they would love to have Alex Kirbishley back. Is that right? Have I just like, re- crossed my references there? Alan Kirbishley? Yeah, Alan Kirbishley. So he was a manager and Charlton complained for ages that we were always just short, just short, and they fired him or he moved on and then he got relegated. Like sometimes mid mid table obscurity is worth its weight in gold or worth its weight in pre- in premiership money. At least he didn't have a heart attack on the field. Uh, no, that that's not the first time it's happened. But yeah. All right. So admittedly, though, like they, I don't know if anyone saw this. I don't know if anyone keeps up with sports at all. But this was really horrific. I'm trying to imagine the TV producers doing this. Something awful happened in a game where a player had a cardiac arrest on the field. And they basically just kept filming. Applause to the medical team that were there. The player is alive. They had to defib him on the field. Um, To my understanding, he is in good standing currently at the moment. But, like, I'm trying to imagine being the, the TV producer on that at some point in time going, you know, maybe we should cut away from this because if this guy doesn't make it, we're literally filming someone's death on the field. Like, at some point in time, cut away from the field. Show the commentators something. Yeah, like but that. you go 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 back to Joe Theismann's leg injury way back when, uh, and I've and heard how this many argument. times and how many times they like, showed the replay over I, and over and over and, and over. I agree with that statement right up until the point where Joe Theismann was still breathing on the field, and I I don't. No, no, dis- no, no, no. I'm not talking about that's not my comparison. My comparison is, I think morbidity and death, you know, is those things that. Human nature that under, you know, look at how many people watch MMA or wrestling or yep, boxing and all the, I agree with the you. pugilism. And I think that people have a fascination with those things and especially with potential death or death that it's probably worthwhile in their side to play it out. See what happens. I think you've got to give a large like, benefit of the doubt. I don't know that they were like, digging for morbidity clicks or whatever. I think uh, it was all uh, it was focused on the crowd. They followed the directives of what's supposed to happen. Uh, it was a, a broadcasting service from France, I believe. Was the guy was a, a producer was based there. It's oh, all. I didn't, re- I didn't yeah. realize that. There's I a lot. Of, there's a lot to it once you actually look into it. But yeah. Okay, that um, I had not heard. I stand corrected on that. I mean, and on my side of it, I when I was in the Air Force. My room looked out on the over the AstroTurf, and uh, we used to play one or two times a week. And we went out to play on the Thursday night, and it was all locked up because literally the booking before hours, someone had died playing. It's like the same exact same thing, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's it happens. It's always a tragedy, and it's just. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's worth. I don't think there's blame to be assigned to TV people. It, they didn't. We weren't focusing on the CPR. Oh, no, 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 no. All... I, that's, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I get that. But just but my anyway. point is, is is that after effect, you know? It's yeah. how many I don't know what will... that has got to do with five trade federation drones and a septic racketeer, <laughs> though. You know, 
It's lack of focus. It wouldn't be our show if we didn't go <laughs> off topic. I know. Paint a dog wants some pizza. All right. Yeah. For those who are in audio only, someone, my wife decided to order late night pizza. So I'm trying to be as polite as possible and not eat on, on mic. But of course, pizza came and then now there's a dog sitting next to me who's waiting for crust. <laughs> yeah. So Nan finished in third place at the five in mid table. His Septus Rectia, um with General Grievous in the thread tracers. And then the five drones with grappling struts and energy shell charges. Um, looks like he did well against the not as good Jason lists and lost against the um, the better Jason lists. Um, Which I, I think was... fell kind of in predictions. Like that's kind of what we thought would happen too. Yeah, I, I think you can roll a dice on that against the Kelvonga um, squad, and sometimes you'll get the wins. Uh, I think the bombs just shut it down a, lot, like, a little bit too hard. Um, I think I think also you have the issue of, yeah, the bombs are bad, but if you lose a drone in Alpha in any way, shape, or form against any of the jousting lists, you're already reducing yourself so much. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's one of the things we spoke about in the Discord after the fact we had a little bit of a back and forth talking about it. And um, so let me pull that. Up so I can make sure I'm not misquoting people. But we're talking about like the positioning of a fire spray and uh, how I how I would have approached it to try and uh, get it because Peter asked us how I would have um, like scored the event. And I said I think the, the Septus had the potential to be a winner, but it, you've really got to work hard to get the most out of that. Right. Um, and I think. Trading drones early instead of trading half points for fire spray and keeping your guns on the table. But even that, you're you're relying on the alpha, so you you could win an event with that list. And I, I think I said that this last time. But you're very much in yeah, dice dependent. You need to have that run of dice on the early shots when it matters because you don't have the weight of fire to let your luck balance out. Right. Yeah, if you it's, like a, it's a typical it, glass yeah. cannon list. Like yeah. once you've fired off all of those, you've got nothing else behind. Like, it. You can reload them, but they can't shoot in the same turn they reload. Right. But like if you if you have good luck at the start and then bad luck at the end, you probably still win. If you have bad luck at the start, you can never win. Right. Like you don't have time for it to balance out. And if you lose the fire spray early, you're probably SOL at that point. Yeah. Um, then what's next? We had James with the resistance list, the four ship resistance. I mean, like, I still stand by. I really like that list. It was really good fun to fly. Yeah. The, but, it was the heroic list. I really, yeah. I liked it. The burden of execution on that is what I said would be a, a fall off that whilst it can win, you have to fly better. Like, yeah. If you, I think a, well, you have, you know, basically four different dials that you're playing with, too. Yeah. So you don't have true synergy like the other lists above did. All right. Carver needs to do specific maneuvers to be good. Yep. Greer with Hiroken Advanced Optics is good, but he's never going to punch above his weight. Um, Tamin is strong, uh, but he's your obvious target. And mm -hmm. then Kazuno is... Again, reliant upon specific things. I mean, the number of damage cards, I think it is, for him to make sure he's... Basically, if you meet predefined conditions with Kaz, he's an X-Wing, or less points than X-Wing. But 
you could just have taken X-Wings. For the same points. Yeah. Like you wouldn't get... I mean, I think you can actually take four black... Like, yeah, there you go. Four black squadrons would have probably been better than this list in this environment. Yep. I don't know... But I, don't, we don't, I don't know if they knew... Been, it, it wouldn't be as much fun to fly. Right. But, well, and I don't know that they knew what list they were taking either to the event. No, either. no. And then the horrible predictions we made about David's list came true. So, um, for the record, David, if you are listening to this, I, from my heart and soul, I loved the theme of the list. I loved everything about it. The downside is, is the position... You're I, playing in this event. <laughs> well, and I stand by my position that I, I took on last time. Like, unfortunately for this list, large base turreted ships are not doing well in second edition. That's just a flat, that, that, that's not an opinion, that is a fact. That's the reason why you don't see them very often. So from a theme perspective, I love everything about this. It looks cool to fly the two ship, large base turreted ship lists. Unfortunately, they just don't do very well. And that, that is just the and shame of it. Like, I feel like something needs to be fixed to help those ships out. If you look at his MOV, it played out pretty much the way that we predicted. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. That's the, I, I was sad to say to see how right we were on that. Yeah, like I said, it, it was not a good field to fly into. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, from what saying it, though, they all had a really good time. Um, the big learning things that I thought we could actually dwell on and talk about, and one of the things I wanted to actually roll this into so that we have content within this main topic that might be beneficial to people, um, <laughs> is basically the event came down to, um, I think... Oh, what did what was the post? Because it wasn't the last game wasn't actually Michael against Peter. I don't think Peter had finished There's all of his lo- games. And isn't there a log? Hold on, there are rounds. You can block by round. Yeah, that's right. I don't need to look it up in the thing. I can just correct. Yeah, so I think if Nans would have won, he would have beat Peter, and he would have beat um, Michael because of his. Um, where is it gone? The actual MLV. Yeah, because Nand had the highest MLV at the event, even though he came third. So if in the final game, if Nans beats Peter, there's three people who are three and one, and Nans wins. So going yeah. into into the last game, Michael knew he couldn't win. So that means that the results of the last game was irrelevant. Michael's tournament and we're focusing on Michael here because he's the guy we followed through from the I'm bad at X-Wing can you help me with deployment through to giving him ideas for this list and so we're kind of following the story through Um, the event came down to Michael to his one loss which was obviously against Peter in that game I asked Peter a couple of questions because he was the guy who was online at the time and um worded so what just trying to make sure i get the right parts of the conversation so yeah i asked my michael if he missed layer was one of my big concerns because obviously his original list was a layer list and the list i um, suggested changes one of the x-wings into the attack shuttle with layer so you keep that ability to make red moves white every three turns um and then basically he um, he got a bad engagement because Peter blocked off the engage the the channel that he wanted with the proxmine. So, which is a, that's a good player. Yeah, but w- my point would be that 
the key to designing a list, and it's I don't I I think we spoke about it, but it's four shows ago now. But recognizing win conditions. So Michael's list is obviously a B wing and four X wings. So right, we immediately went to a term Rebel Beef. The win conditions is of Rebel Beef is that I am willing to trade my health for your health because I punch harder than you and I should have more health than you. But that's a it's a very general term and he probably doesn't have more health than the uh, the four Y wings and uh, quad jumper kind of thing. But he still theoretically in a head on joist should output more damage. So if you line both of those lists up and do Bob's old joisting numbers. I would put my money on the X wings and B wing over Y wings and quad jumper. I it's think not, that that's, that's a pretty non-controversial statement. Yeah, no, I would agree. It's interesting because I'm looking at the uh, the round by rounds, and they clearly had timed these. Yeah, because not all of them went to to full games, like 200 point games. Yeah, um, and it's interesting that not all of them. Like, there's only one, two, three, four 200-point scores that came through here. So it means yeah. that pretty much every game, um, a majority of the games... Went to time, yeah. Went to time. That's just second edition X-Wing, though, now. Yeah. Games of second edition go to time. Um, so the big... And we, Michael recognizes this himself, that in hindsight, if someone drops a proximity mine in front of you, you fly over that proximity mine. You don't change your plan for your engagement. Right, because I win by tra- my my health is a resource that I am willing to give you to kill you. Yeah. So one of the ship like, at worst, one of his ships takes three damage. It's but if you're getting by. if you're getting that fa- you you get to choose which ship that is because why I don't know if it had been pot shots traded back and forth, so one of the ships might not not had shields or whatever. You know what I mean? There's potential for stuff like that to be the case. Well, and that was one of the oh. other things he built into the list is that all of them are at the same initiative so that he yeah. could have so you... picked and choose which one of the ships is the one that triggered that. Yeah. And then, so I, Mike, we've already, we've already spoken about this. You know, I'm not trying to have a go now, so please don't take it personally while we're focusing in on, on these kind of choices. But that's um, where we're going to be kind of zeroing in on. And it it's making sure that you know that your win condition is X. So... You have to keep that in mind as the game's progressing. So certainly, if you're in the end game, you've only got two ships left. One of them's got three health, and there's a proximity mine there. I'm not saying, well, I'm playing Rebel Beef. I need to fly through that to get my shots off. But you know, turn two of the game, no shots fired. You have you have to be willing to eat that damage, because yeah. like it, you'd expect that you're coming in from an angle. So you're probably denying some some shots back in some form or are going to be only taking high on shots, which can only do a max of one damage. And yeah, it it's weird that mindset you can get into where you're like, oh, I've got to be cognizant of the bombs here. And 100%, you can't just fly straight into all of those ions, let him put all of those proton bombs behind them and just annihilate all of your ships into the protons. If you want to expand that line of thinking out too, so like, so obviously we're talking a very specific case in this very specific game, but you can expand that line of thinking into obstacles in your ways too. Like I've often, Chad will often joke that he doesn't hit an obstacle he didn't intend to. There are plenty of occasions where flying through the rock is the right call. 
Yeah. Because your opponent's not expecting you to do it. Your opponent's expecting you to try to avoid it, and you can get better positioning by doing something your opponent doesn't expect. And if you're willing to run that risk of rolling the dice and potentially taking damage for it, it's advantageous for you to put yourself in a better position to do that. Like, there is... This is a horrible, stupid statement that isn't isn't true. But the the spirit of this statement is what I mean. In that there's just as much chance as the ship only takes one damage as it takes three. Exactly. And that's... You you know if it was you rolling for my bomb, he's going to roll blanks. So... Happens all the time for me. Just imagine it that way, you know. Think of it as you doing a two-dice attack to win the game. Oh, that never rolls hits, you know? It's always blanks. Always, always. Just channel that energy into a dice when you roll them and you only take one damage. Well, and I think a lot of people get hemmed in when it comes to anything like that, you know, with positioning is one thing, but action and action economy, you know, we used to speak about it in 1.0 greatly to ad nauseum, I think, where a lot of people would rather not roll over a rock so that they get their action or not roll over a rock and be out of position, which Ed, you've done a lot when we've done mm-hmm. our stuff on, um, uh, whatchamacallit, the, when we Vassal. do the, you and Chris play the game on Vassal, you know, where you're more worried about the rock and not understanding that the end, the end of it is being able to shoot because it's a game of de- destruction, you know, and a lot of people just don't realize that rolling dice is the key to the game and red dice is the key to the game, not green dice. So it's the same thing with bombs. Yeah, you're not going to line up right in front of them. Spread out if you have, do whatever you have to do that makes your play style so that he has to adjust to you to try to get his ships. If he's if he wants to drop five bombs to kill one ship, I'm all for it. I, I think anybody would be at that point. You know, let him expend ordinance and then you attack him, you know, after the fact. However you do it, it's just like with the fire spray, you know, putting the fire spray out in front of, and and Chris, you brought this up, you know, putting the fire spray out in front of the vultures where let the fire spray take the the hits. It can actually absorb damage. Yeah. Take the alpha, you know, let that be, you know, you are getting lucky if you're up against the the rebel list or either, either of those two lists, the, the, the X-wing list or the Y-wing list where, you do have to get lucky and survive some, but you have two defense dice, you know, and potentially can can get away with it. And I mean, let's have a look. It's a Vastarm X-Wing advanced calculator. Durability is what we wanted, so... You're pulling out the old three, dice calculator. Yeah, three attack dice, and then it's six hull and four shields for fire spray. Yep. We'll give him a benefit of the die and say he didn't have to spend his focus token. Uh, doesn't matter, there's no focus thing there, that's fine. Um, so, running into three dice focus shots, um, so it, on average, it should take six and a half, seven-ish shots to kill you. He only has five if you run into the X-Wings and the B-Wing. Right. So, like, you shouldn't die, which is all that needs to happen. Right. Yep. Because you're still going to shoot at him next turn because you got the rear arc. You don't have to worry about turn away. Yeah. You will be out for two turns, you know, but that's okay because your vulture, you know, all the other ships are now doing their damage. So, uh, where are we? So, there's a less than 1% chance you die to the fourth shot. There's a, sorry, a, a less than 5% chance you die to the fourth shot. There's a less than 20% chance that you die to the fifth shot, and then he doesn't have any more. Yep. Then it's a game of of attrition after that. 
Yeah, if you sit in front of all of them, deny none of them any shots, and they all have the mods, you know what I mean? There's a good chance that you can position in such a way that you're only taking four, and then you're looking at a less than 5% chance to die. Right. And admittedly, as Ed will tell you, a 5% chance is rolling a 1 on a d20, you know? Yep. So that fire spray will still die. How many times in that encounter, Ed? Four times? Four times. So Ed kills that fire, Ed loses that fire spray four times in that encounter. <laughs> but can happen. Does yeah. happen. But, you know, but if you look at the if you look at the MOV, that one you know, eleven hundred fifteen yeah. MOV. Yeah. That, and I mean, that's that's a big number considering you look at it. He's a good two almost two hundred points in front of everyone else. So when you look at that, I mean, you know, he lost two games, so that tells me that Somewhere in there with that high of an MOV, he's probably playing to time in most of those games, I'm guessing. because I haven't That's played. a good question. So I was looking at that. Where is it? The rounds. <laughs> so his first one was a 20 to 0 loss. Um, unfortunately, it was against the two, the, the, the ship, the two large ship ones. So kind of saw that one coming. Yeah. Second, I don't know. He, his first two rounds, he went to, oh. he went to order to no. So I just want to remind you that there is General Grievous crew, which I don't didn't account for in that Gates of a Storm. General Grievous is a single charge. If there are two or more hits or crit results, you may spend your charge to cancel one of the hits or crits after the neutralized result step. So this is before you're dealt damage. So if there's a hit and a crit left over, you can just spend Grievous and get rid of a crit. So yeah. that theoretically if you add that in that lowers that percentage down even more yep but so yeah. so Nance, the, well oh, go, yeah. ahead. Go, go ahead ed go ahead the main reason why he got ahead so nan's his first two games he 200 and owed his two appointments which is why he had such a big mov jump in the beginning yeah yeah and i everyone else played those opponents it was around robin so that's the yeah, yeah. the thing that you have to consider is that this is a bet like, around Robin? That is, I like it as a format. Yeah, especially for something small like this. Absolutely. Yeah, because everyone plays everyone. Uh, the only thing I would have done different, if I'm being honest, guys, is I would have done a final table. I would have played one extra game because had Nans beat Peter, there would have been three people at three and one. Right. So for I would use MLB to decide the final table but i would have still done a final yeah i could see that yeah but that's just because I, i'm a purist you know i like that i like that final well the best part about all of this is you had five guys get together and play x-wing oh yeah, well, yeah that, that is the best more part. than Absolutely. more than anything else you had five people all vaccinated got together probably drank some <laughs> drank some form of uh you know dark liquid form. that may have alcohol yep. in it <laughs> yep uh, uh, so the other thing to take away as well is I did ask him about uh, how he felt about his obstacles, his deployments, and he said that generally he felt much better. The hardest test was against the Separatists and all of the struts, um, but he managed to place first and he set two of his rocks down in a position that was favorable for him uh, and then just stayed away from them. He took on board what we said when we you were flying the TIE Swarm and we spoke about the gas clouds. And you yep. just put them really early so you can intentionally just fly over them. Um, and then the only other thing I mentioned was that 
generally, if I'm playing against someone with struts specifically, I will pull two of the rocks into my corners. I will two and two my own corners with the rocks. Yeah, and I, I'm more beginning to adopt that policy because I, I, I see exactly because you then you fly past. Them. Yeah, like and- the if they want to four forwards, four forwards, or five, you know, five straight, five straight to land on your rocks, like whatever, man. The fight's not happening here. The last thing you want to do is let them have time to set up their uh, fortress, Roger, Roger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, and then Nand posted a couple of days later, um, just saying how much he uh, enjoyed it and added some more pictures. And from the oh, pictures he I did miss- post, um, it doesn't look like he set up many um, Roger, Roger fortresses. Looks like he was pretty aggressive with the swarm, which is the way I think it should be played. Having these struts is really good because it lets you ignore the rocks. You, if you happen to fly over one and land on it, you just oh well. Right. All right. I you, like the str- the struts are a cool gimmick. You have to consider them at all times. So. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. They're a cool gimmick. I don't know. Well, I've never been a hundred percent. I always thought it was a cool idea. I've never been a hundred percent sold on it though. So I did it in a local event just. Because I could, I I, um, I ran the spend a calculate to add an evade result. I think it is whatever droid that is. I had the vulture who can pass a calculate token at the start of combat, and then the rest of them just sat on sat on rocks. But I and I would literally at the first turn, I would fly at my rocks and then park up and just be like, okay. And I I wouldn't necessarily sit on them forever. But I I get to fortress because yep. it's not fortressing. It, it's not cheating by the, the rules in the game, you know. And just it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm still super jealous. This looks like it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it really does. I, mean, I applaud you guys for doing this. This is this is exactly something that I would want to do a hundred percent, like uh, without question. It's time yet for games. Zenta, we'll be fine. We got to set a date. That's all it's got to be. Uh, all I need is for them to open the border. Once the border's well, open, that, we can actually start too. planning. I don't want to plan anything until then. Yeah. I'm also considering cool. doing that drive down to um, Disneyland. Um, yeah, after the park. Didn't do Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Hey, I didn't add that. So uh, not that anyone's going to particularly care. Two years ago, whenever I was at Galaxy's Edge, I did the um, I built uh, one of the lightsabers there because you do as you do. And over time, I don't know if anyone knows about these lightsabers or what they're like. They're fantastic. They're they're actually really good. They're absurdly expensive, but they're still really good. But they each come with their own individual kyber crystals, and you can buy additional ones. They're all, they're just RFID tags that are inside there that yeah. tell the tell it, hey, you're going to be a purple one, or you're going to be a yellow, you're going to be white or a green. So I had every single kyber crystal except the red one. Never did that. So one of the guys, my coworkers, had just went down to Disney, and he came back and he gave me the right one which completed my collection for about 30 seconds until he told me that there is a Darksaber crystal. Oh, yeah. And the only way to get the, the Darksaber crystal is you have to buy the red kyber crystals, and one in a hundred will have a black kyber crystal and not the red. So you'd have to buy a hundred of them? I don't think you're guaranteed. You're um, not guaranteed, right. Or you do something stupid and look on eBay and find out, oh, they're running for about $200 each. And I'm like, am I really, really considering spending $200 for a kyber crystal. No, no, I'm not. Because when I looked, I looked online to see what it actually does. It doesn't turn the blade black because I was curious to what it would do because it's just RGB that goes through there. And I'm like, well, yeah. how the hell do I do a dark saber 
on this saber, it just turns the blade orange. And now I'm less interested, but there's still that completest asshole in me that's like, but I'm missing a damn kyber crystal from the set. Yep. It's still pretty badass, though. I do have all of them. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I... I'm not gonna. I don't think I get all of them, but I get a couple of crystals and stuff. But well, when I bought it, so when, originally two years ago, when the, the Galaxy's Edge first opened up, when what two was the hard ago, ones to come by? I can't. But I still wanted I know, to go right away when all the stuff still could. Yep, it was so it was fun. It was good. I'm not gonna lie. But so the hard ones to find. So like the red, blue, and green are the easy ones to find. They have those all the time. But the ones that are in short supply are always the purple one the yellow, and the white. Those are the hard ones to find. So they just happened to have them there when I was there. So when I yeah. built my saber, I built it with the purple because Mace Windu is one of my favorite characters. Um, and they had the yellow and the white, and I bought those. Over time, I bought the red, I bought the blue one, and I bought the green one. I've just never gotten around to buying the red one. And the guy that I work with happened to know that, bought one for me as yeah. a gift from, from Disney, which was awesome. That's cool. So uh, I have a near complete set. Kyber crystals for my Galaxy's Edge uh, lightsaber. Yeah, and those are combat rated sabers, by the way. In case you didn't know. No, I, what I what I want to do is I want to go and I want to get Evie a Shoto saber, and I'll get one that I want, and then it won't be too big for her, and we'll be able yeah. to play. But I don't. I just want to go. I, I'm, but yeah, I think the priority for me is Game Center, and then Galaxy's Edge. Yep. Uh, not necessarily in the same trip, but yeah. I'm already trying to figure out like which if we if we get if we go what games we're we gonna play. We kind of have to play X Wing, I think. I think that's kind of a given. <laughs> the stupid like we also still enjoy X Wing. We just it's not the same pursuit or level of no, commitment. No, I agree. So uh, part of, like I said, there's a, I want to pack a thousand points of 40k, and I think we should do a little like four uh, two on two. Or maybe every man for himself kind of 40k event there. I think that'd be a ton of fun. I don't know. I don't even think. Oh, I suppose I've got Nurgle Demons, don't I? I can always run Nurgle Demons. Very good. But, yeah. You don't have any of your Dark Angel stuff left? I sold them all to um, Jim Kitchen, my friend, and Watua's friend, Greg's I friend. Could br- I could bring an army. I've got a few. I mean, I've got enough models that I could. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, see okay. where we're going? I mean, Sorry. it's not an issue. Like, if if it happened, I will sort it out. I might, maybe I'll bring your sister's army down and play with that. I was just thinking that. Maybe that's how I pick it up. I can, instead of having to pay for shipping, I'll just put them in the car on the way home. Yeah. But, um, we'll, we'll do something. I definitely want to play X-Wing and stuff. And yeah, I think Just so, play I a board game. Be- Hell, we'll play the new um, Unfathomable, the Battlestar Ooh. Galactica reskin. The Ooh, hit and when roll. they lost... They yeah. lost a license and they just reskinned it to I mean, the game. They just never renewed it, I think, in that one. It's not like the Games Workshop scenario where they... Oh, okay. Um, the license expired and they just didn't renew it because... Yeah, and you're really not going to renew a license on a show that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You know, right, they may but, bring it back. They may bring it back with the new TV show, potentially, you know. Right, reskinning the game is cheaper. I'm yeah. just yeah. surprised it took them this long. Uh, it... <sighs> It was nice to see something new being announced by uh, FFG because it just it saddens is me. It, is it, is it still is it still in the uh, what you call it world? Arkham um, Files. Yeah, the the Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, so the the IP for it is called the Arkham Files now, 
because they own okay. the copyright to Arkham Horror and all of that stuff. Whereas in obviously Lovecraft in general is in um, common common use, yeah. open domain. I yeah. can't remember what the, the technical term is for it at the moment. Right. Oh, that is it's um um public domain. Come, public domain. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. What did you say this game was called? Unfathomable. Unfathomable. Fathomable. Is that better? Is that better? Annunciation. Yeah, it's like, Un- it's unfathomable. Like is that the one where you're like on a submarine or a ship? You're or on a, an old steamer going across the Atlantic. Yeah. Yeah. You're on definitely not the Titanic. Definitely yeah. not the Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, they were doing like a a puzzle reveal for the last few weeks on it. Yeah. And stuff. It was interesting, but take a bow. The one guy who probably didn't get fired yet at FFG. Who like designed yeah. the game, did all of the art, put that marketing campaign together. Because that was yeah. a really good marketing campaign. He did they did well with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah it looks... I, I think this, I, I think FFG as a studio is kind of a one trick pony right now. Literally. It's that Lovecraft theme. Yeah. And they that's, they that's still it. have Twilight Imperium, my friend. Okay, they have one and a half. They've got know. they've got the Twilight Imperium universe and they've got a Tyranoff universe. Yeah, because oh, yeah. they're putting out another descent. But I mean, what what are they doing that's new? You know, like like new world stuff. You know, new. It's just like they're reskinning, or they're literally living in that Lovecraft universe with new descent coming out. It's just new descent. It's three D right. descent is what I'll call it. You know, and it looks pretty good to be honest. I, oh, I it do does, like but I don't. It. I don't want to spend you know, hundreds of dollars again to buy a game that I so have. The good thing, whether this is good or not, is to your interpretation, but it isn't Descent Journeys into Dark, so it isn't Descent 3rd Edition. It is a different game. I understand. That, totally yeah. understand. But yeah. you're giving me this, you know, it's kind of like... Oh, no, I, I know exactly where you're coming from, Sean. I, I understand. But for me, who doesn't own... First or second edition descent. Right, right. Like it's a better jumping in point. Not that I will oh, because yeah, by far. I mean far too much stuff. Well, with the world opening up, maybe you can get to play, you know, games on the shelf again. That's uh, maybe. It'd be nice. You know, but that's that's the thing though about it is just give me something different. Give me Fortress USA, you know. I mean, give me <laughs> I don't know, it's just it's just so hard to understand that company anymore because they had good games like the non-just HP Lovecraft and Twilight Imperium. They had other good games that they were coming out, but of course they've lost IPs to those games, and it's like their living card games are basically about um, done, it's aren't champion. They? It's Marvel Champions and Arkham are the only two games that yeah. are not complete games now. Yeah, which is just insane to me, you know, where you have... The the interesting thing, for me anyway, again here, is that they've completely switched the model. They're not living card games in the same sense anymore. They're changing. So Arkham, if you you guys probably know, I'm quite big into the Arkham Horror card game as well anyway. Yeah. I really enjoy playing it. Um, It's one of the games that I miss. I... We did a video for the Sentry Box a couple of years ago, and I ranked it above X-Wing in that if I could only play one game for a year, I would have carried on playing Arkham, not X-Wing. Right. Because the social side of Arkham meant more to me than the competitive... Because X-Wing socially is good, but it's still a competitive game. 
Well, the social is an offshoot to competitive play. Yeah. It's not We're, in that competitive play. Whereas in Arkham, being cooperative is right. all about, right, you're just, you're just hanging out with friends, playing a really good game. But um, the way it used to work would there'd be a big box expansion which sets the scene for a new um, story arc, and then they'd do six packs, one a month, to finish telling the story. Now they're breaking it up into two boxes. One will be the campaign box, so that gives you the entire story. And then it'll be an investigator box, which will give you investigator and investigator cards to build your deck with that fits the theme of that, but isn't necessary to play it. So if you just want to have your corset and your corset investigators, you just go out and buy this one box, which will, uh, admittedly, it'll probably cost more than the, the big box expansions used to, but then you don't have to buy the packs after that. Because I I'm, I'm, don't know if I'm in the minority, but what, what I do personally, my buying habit for it is i'll buy all of the packs on release but i do not open them i won't open any of the cards until i've got the full cycle and then i add the full cycles worth of cards into my deck building options yeah because i the, the way it works is like one pack might have three or four seeker cards in it like purple ones just to make it easier um like a bunch of purple cards but only one blue card and the next pack will have a bunch of green cards, only one purple. So you don't get the, the balanced deck building until you've got the full cycle anyway. So doing it this way just feels a lot, a lot better. It taxes the production and the uh, distribution a lot less because you're not having to have this constant wave of releases. And my guess would be that they actually got all of, the packs pretty close together and then just ship them out locally one month at a time you know it's just it's easier to do it this way it makes more sense i think the the living card game model that netrunner introduced was revolutionary at the time but i think it's outdated for the world we live in now the instant gratification world that we live in now this is a much better model yeah for sure i mean the other wasn't the other model designed for competitive you know, basically that. Um, I think grow, it was some more we, product. Yeah, put more product in the market, people will buy it, so that they can add it to their competitive gaming experience. I think it was to try and give that same feel as Magic, where you're getting new cards every week, or when you go to drafts, or when you go because right. you're getting packed because you weren't getting fixed cards. So the only way you can replicate that feeling is giving you one good card this month. If you buy a pack next month, you get another good card. Right. Buy a pack a month after you get the counter, like the counter to the good card in the first pack only comes in the fourth pack. Right. So that's I mean, I how get you that. do I, it. I but... do understand that. It's it's it was just a, I think the competitive model to the collector, you know, the collector yeah. card games, and I don't know. Well, I just I, I'm just disappointed. Fantasy Flight has just completely changed. You know, I've been gutted. Was, right. uh, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think they have changed. I think they've been, I literally think they've been torn, torn apart. I think the yeah. soul has been ripped out of the company. I It makes me feel sad to talk and think about it, but yeah. that is the nature yeah. of modern business. And whilst I was optimistic oh, no, no, I about the, uh, the merger, because it was sold as a partnership, and right. whilst Christian Peterson was there, it appeared to be functioning as a partnership. But whether he left because the writing was already on the wall, or whether once he left, this is what became of it, I don't. I yeah. don't know. I can't say. I wouldn't want to speculate. But right. yeah, I it it saddens me. 
from the friends that we've had there and yep. the yep. good t- but in spite of all of that I will have a no ill will and I will cling on to a good memories because Oh absolutely, absolutely. It doesn't matter, like there was jokes going around that unfathomable makes FFG a complete company. And like this will be the last <laughs> you know, just yeah. the, the tongue in cheek things like so um like Lord of the Rings is now a complete game. Game of Thrones is now a complete game. In in yeah. Salt, like FFG is a complete company. Like, yeah. those, those jokes going around and that if that were true, no one's. They can't come and take away 2015 worlds. So they can't. Right, I'm not going to get Men in Black flashlighted and those memories taken away. And that's right. one of the things I find that a large portion of gamers in general do. They focus too heavily on that negative side. When like Games Workshop releases a new edition, or your codex changes, or an FAQ so like, comes out. I'm playing this game again. Yeah. Uh, even like when the emergency errated the ups one so you couldn't do the three ups one list that was not even winning events but just had that potential to be a very negative play experience. It would have like, though. If it I, if it yeah. they would it would have. Yeah, but like when they took that away, it's like, well, I've just bought three ups one so I'm, did you enjoy those wins? Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I ha- talk, can I tell you... you the number of games workshop models that I have that no longer exist at Codices or Legends now or yeah. Legacy or whatever like, the hell they call them? Like for me, if that individual piece that what I bought to exploit a matter or whatever, I I will have spent more in my life literally pissing and shitting it down the toilet. Mm-hmm. That like. Go, going out on a night out and when I was in the Air Force and buying bottles of Molly and bottles of Bollinger in the club because it was payday weekend. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, absolutely. I, I've literally shat and pissed the money down the, down the toilet. So having... And having I don't regret... I, yeah, I don't regret those things because I've got the memories. Why can't people have that yeah, same no. thing you know what i mean My, mine is just melancholy for the good yeah. company that it was being oh no i agree and i i, I feel i feel the same as well i feel like the tone of the uh the show shifted somewhat and i, I don't hair. apologize for it i think no but no. i think when you do focus on those good things i think that's the way you you bring that tone back that right oh, like, absolutely. if ffg wasn't what it was we wouldn't be doing what we are now we right. wouldn't know each other Agree. I, I F- agree. No, it's... FFG gave us our uh, Inquisitor Martyr Knights. Yeah, so it doesn't. It, do, even if FFG is a complete company, we still have that. Yeah. So. Right. Gave me two. And, two and the best part is. And dearest friends. And the best you. part is, is we can go to the, the new game center. Yeah. We can. Know, and, and still have those same. And some of our friends still live around that area. You know, when we go up there, we can say, hey, this person, this person, and this person, hey, we're going to be in town. We want to come join us. How great would that be if, like, yeah. 20 people showed up to that? I would even, just... even if one showed up, it'd be yeah. awesome. No, that's true. That's true. That is true. Right. So I have a confession, Sean. I was going through, before we were sitting down, uh, Ed jumped on early, and I was trying to do other things. The stuff I was doing was going through my emails, trying to sort stuff I need to keep, and one jumped into my inbox, I was like, this is drunk and I deleted it. And it registered that it was um, an email from a Radisson. 
about my loyalty points. So I had to yeah, go into those, my, I, I had to go in too. my trash bin and undelete it. So it's like, I've, right. I've got loyalty points. I want to upgrade my room when we have the games enter trip. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so I, I literally was thinking about that pre-show today, like getting some hot tub time in the Radisson. I'm ready. I am so I'm ready. ready for it. I'm so ready. Yeah. I'm ready to, to make the five and a half hour drive and get there and check in and, you know, find out where you guys, which room you guys are in. And, and yeah, just... it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. I think I said, as soon as that board is open, I can book my second job on the 28th of June because I'm, I'm relatively certain I only got my first one in May. I can't remember exact date. I have to look it up. So I've got my sheet somewhere. But and once the, that's done... And the the question really open. becomes is, do we make it a drive? Because for Chad and I, it's 13 hours there, 13 it, hours back. It's 18 hours for me, I think. It's I can I could do it in a I know I could physically do it in a day, but then I've still got to add a day onto a trip to basically sweep off that jet lag effectively. Right. right. So, or the question for me is, do I just spend like I can hop on Del- Spirit for 230 bucks? Yeah. I mean, the, the ultimate just part. More in gas, getting there and getting back. Yeah, the, you know the thing I mean? for me is it all, all comes down to what we're playing because if I've got to take hand luggage and all of that, uh, if you want to play 40k and have your sister's army and everything like that, I probably need to drive. <laughs> I've not looked, I've not done this for a while, but is it? Cochran 2. So, Chris, so, so, yeah. so if you came solo, Chris. You could yeah. fly. You could fly to Omaha, and then we could drive. So you could get a cheap, a semi-cheap flight to to Omaha. Um, um, depending, depending MSP is but... the best one to fly into because no, no, it is I, on I the know, hubs. But I'm just, I'm just yeah. what because I'm saying right is, there. but you could fly to Omaha. We could drive up together. Yeah, and then you, uh, you know, then you fly out of Minneapolis to head back home. I'm th- like, it's, I'm thinking flying up, Ubering my way to the to the Radisson there and then we could just we're in walking distance from everything so annoying $430 um to Omaha that's Monopoly money that's 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 Canadian money what is that like $4 in US I'm teasing I'm so teasing Chris. Oh, it's fine why do I see to MSP I still remember all of the codes it's been so long there you go um it's a two hour 41 minute uh flight no, it's not it's not it's longer than that it's a lie um no, no, non-stop Delta, four hundred seventy-seven dollars into MSP. How many? How long is the flight? Two hours forty-one minutes. Two hours thirteen for us. So yeah, yeah. we. Uh, the drive for me is um, it's just... that's in kilometers because why wouldn't it be Canada? Mm-hmm. Um, One thousand nine hundred and sixty-two kilometers, and it's a nineteen-hour, eighteen-minute drive. Yeah, it is for us. It is a eight hundred and ninety-five mile drive. Yeah. There are so many things that can go wrong on 1,700 miles in a weekend that I'm not sure that it's... Don't get me wrong. Like, So if we're taking X-Wing, I can pack X-Wing. You can get little fishing tackle box. I can pack yeah. X-Wing in that. If we're going to be playing um, 40K and I'm doing a 1,000-point army, I can do a 1,000-point army in something similar, and I can put both of those in a suitcase that I carry out to a carry-on bag. Yeah, like generally the way I do it is my suitcases, the models, and then my my hand luggage. Yeah, and then you've got yep. a, you're in a laptop bag, which has like other games in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
in my iPad. Well, you're allowed carry-on laptop bag and one personal item, I think. Like, technically, if you like read really deeply into it, there's mm-hmm. multiple ways and means of cheating. Yeah, there are ways of getting around it. Well, so our family has become very proficient in packing by backpack like i'm usually everything that if i get onto a plane everything i need's in a backpack yeah so if i get two that means that carry-on bag <laughs> that carry-on that luggage bag that's going to be all models and maybe my toothbrush maybe right <laughs> but the good thing is is that i'll drive up so we'll have a vehicle to get around if we want to go other places you right know? right and then you guys don't have to worry about renting or anything like that it, it would cost like- me about 185 dollars in gas then I'd need a room on the night, on the way there and on the way back because 20 hours yeah. driving yeah. probably is realistic. Do you see what I'm saying? So, like ultimately like, in the end, when it comes down to cost, yeah. wear and tear on your body getting there, your body getting back, yeah. a two-hour flight. Yeah, just... I, I, I need to put the miles on my car because I've owned <laughs> the car for two years. It'll be two years next month, and I don't even have 10,000 miles on my car. Wow. Yeah. I'm just Travel restrictions. Me... No, call me old. A COVID nineteen test before departure and a ten day quarantine required on arrival. See. Yeah, current currently. Yeah, that's, that, what, that's the, 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 So does that's that quarantine thing. mean you can do it at your house, or does it mean you have to do it in a special hotel? I'm not he's sure. In, for them. He's to my understanding, he's in his hotel room and he's not allowed to leave once he's checked in. So yeah. that would defeat the purpose for what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Nope. Uh, yeah, once it's once it's open, I I want to get it done. Oh, what are you gonna do? I'm just saying, for me, for three hundred bucks, you're gonna spend that in food and tolls. Yeah, food, tolls, and gas. Oh, that's what. Just yeah, you guys have got to do the. Um, uh, what, what was it? Illinois had all those crappy toy roll, toll, mm-hmm. toll roads. It, Chad and I clearly have the longest distance to go to to and from. Thir- oh, well, that, that's a lie, but you know, clearly. Clearly, I do. Okay. <laughs> Nineteen hours. <laughs> okay. 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 I mean, point- I don't know how your numbers work in America. Uh, yeah, maybe but- you're right. All right, I stand corrected. You're right. <laughs> I did a trip like this once by car. This is whenever my wife and I uh, took the kids to Quebec, and it was awful driving thirteen hours straight. It was yeah. awful, and I'm not doing that. <laughs> Just, I'm not doing it. So when I drove to um, Sean to do the um, Sparta Games opening stuff, and then Roseville, and then Toronto, and then drove back, so I've done most of the way across North America, and then back. Yeah, yeah. Fun I'm times. sorry. We were talking about earlier how getting gray and all that. Like, I'm I'm too old for that shit. I agree. <laughs> 20, well, 25 year old me 13 hours let's do it no problem I, I don't mind so in honesty i can do an eight hour nine hour drive just i throw on an audio book chill out sure. cruise control it doesn't sure. bother that's fine but i would have to stop and sleep over somewhere yep and i i, I find basically about four hours before i'm going to stop i you go on one of the apps and i find a hotel with a swimming pool and then i book a room in there and yep. then yeah, that, that that is how we do it Generally, so, I stop at the border to Saskatchewan. I think what's the time just before? Yeah, um, I can't. Cold fields or something like cold fields or somewhere in Saskatchewan, and you go I through mean, North Bottle. That's the one. Yeah. Just so I can prep the wife. How many days are we thinking? Uh, I do. I would come for longer, but I do like 
So I think what we said is you guys would probably want to take at least a Friday off so we could get there at a reasonable time on Friday, have Friday evening. Personally, I do like Wednesday to Tuesday because I would abuse the fact that I wouldn't have Evie for as much time as I can. Yep. Oh, yeah, no, I totally get that. But, yeah, it all depends on what – and obviously my schedule with work and getting time off is a lot easier than you guys because – I just don't go, I just don't turn up nothing happens. My work's pretty I, my work is fairly forgiving as far as time off is scheduled. Yeah. Um but well, have this would be nice just it would be a nice just for me trip. It would be not taking yeah. the kids, not that I don't yeah. love my children cuz I do, not taking the pets. It's I'm going to go and do geeky game stuff for a 3-day weekend like where they're Friday, Saturday, Sunday and I come home on a Monday. So kind of my goal in planning all of this is to give people Two to three months' notice, if possible. Uh, yeah, that's but, because well, I've, I've been I've been looking at September. Just yeah, just looking at September, just to like flights for you, Chris, and and yeah. the rates and stuff is, uh, you know, it's it doesn't really. I mean, yeah, three day weekend, you know, yeah. that type of thing. All right, so I figure what... I I figure we do two rooms. You yeah. know, uh, you know you. Ed and Chad share a room, and then Chris and I share a room, or however you want to yeah. do it. And then, because I'd stay longer, I can stay yeah. longer. You know, I could come in on Thursday, leave on. I'm driving, so it's at yeah. my discretion. And if I schedule it over the weekend, I have Friday off. I can easily do it because yeah. I could take Thursday off of work and the Monday following, and then drive back on the Monday following. Oh snap! Early. So if I schedule it out now, like if I I just picked a, the first full weekend in September. September, right? Right. That's three hundred and seventy-three dollars round trip. Right. Round trip. That's a hundred and seventy-five dollars there, and a hundred and seventy-five. You're damn right. I'm flying my happy ass there. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, for me, it's just it's a five and a half hour drive, probably six six and a half because I'll stop a few times because I got to get out and move and stuff and. Yep. No, I totally but, understand. But if I drove left Thursday morning, if Chris got in the third Wednesday or Thursday, you know, it's yeah, I'd use my AAA rates to get the room, which is cheaper than regular rates, and um, not much. It's eighteen dollars cheaper, but still, it adds up. Yeah, you know, it's eighteen well, bucks could, as a meal. I could go cheap if I decided to take a connecting flight. I could go cheaper at two hundred and sixty-six dollars round trip. Yeah. That's a hundred and thirty-three dollars. Yeah, but yeah. how much? How much time? It's four hours. All right, so maybe this is this is probably just a just me thing. I don't care about that connecting flight because I'm going to do the exact same stuff that Chris is talking about. I'll toss on an audiobook. I'll download a movie or something on Netflix. Oh yeah, no, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So I- it's simply the it's the thirteen hours behind the wheel, and I have to stay focused on driving for thirteen hours. That, the the that, difference for me right. between like a three or four hour flight and a six or seven hour flight time, it doesn't really get relevant if you can get a good arrival time. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah. That's the key piece. Getting that early morning arrival time, yeah. you know, is is the best when you're trying to do that because you get the whole day then. You know, yeah. So the. the you could take the shuttle to the Radisson, get to the Radisson, check in, then you have the rest of the day to do whatever you want. Yeah, because yeah. I would, we would, according to this flight, I'd check in on, I would be in Minneapolis at 8.07 a.m. Yeah. Now, does that mean I've got to get up at 5 a.m. to get down to Pittsburgh International Airport to get on a plane for 6.50? You know, absolutely. Yeah. But that's a Thursday. We could chill, yeah. have dinner, like, 
I could take a freaking nap when yeah. when I get there. Like it'll be yeah. That's the good thing about taking longer to do it is you're not trying to squeeze as much into because uh, inevitably, even if you get the perfect departure time, perfect arrival time, you're still stressing the night before. You're still adjusting your routine. You're still going through that traveling. You're still breathing that shitty airplane oxygen recycling. Uh, still doing all of that stuff. You're still not going to be at peak for the day you arrive, and you're not going to be at peak for the day you leave. So you're trying to squeeze that quality time into less space. So, so if we did it the if we did it the second weekend in September, so that'd be the tenth through whatever in September that weekend. So I could I could take Thursday. I'd have Friday off. I could take the following Monday. Now I have to be back in Omaha by six, whatever, for my class. But beyond that, it would be, I could come Wednesday. You know, we could do a Wednesday through Sunday. Yeah. Take I'd take Monday off. So I would take Wednesday, Thursday, and the following Monday to drive back on the Sunday or early Monday morning. And then, you know, we could have four, four or five days there just to chill. Yeah. Right, so if just flights I'm looking at, if I do Wednesday, September 8th, to Monday, September 13th, coming home Monday, and then, like, I'll go back to work on Tuesday. $205. And you know what the good thing about that is? We will be recording on the night. Yep. We could we could do we, we, uh, could, we, we could do the show live. Yeah. In person. Yeah. We could do the yeah. show you, live in person. Yeah. That'll be... I, I can bring my mic. I can pack that in if that helps you. Yeah, we'll have to... Uh, oh, I I'll keep an eye on the... Um, uh, what you call it, the actual travel restrictions and everything. Yeah, the quarantine. That, that's literally the only thing. Yep. Yeah, we could, we, could, we could push it out farther if you guys are flying, you know, because I have an all-wheel drive vehicle, so I'm not going to worry about driving oh, it's not, it's snowing, right. you know. I'm happy to aim for that kind of timescale, but it's I don't I wouldn't book anything until I knew because it's just not. No, 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 no. It's, once, once you give us, then we can figure yeah. it out a few months because – you're going to want to buy the ticket a few months in advance. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Yep. You're going to yeah. want to book your room a few months in advance. Yep. yep. Oh, I'm getting excited. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'll, I'll book a room. Ed, you guys book a room and then Chris can stay with me and then we'll figure yeah. it out from there. You know? Well, yeah. Well, I want to be able to announce it once, once I know and then we can see if people want to come down and we'll make it a mini con. Like, yeah. I'll, I will run an X Wing tournament at a game center if I need to. Yeah. It's like old times. Yeah. I, I hate to do this. I didn't realize what time it was. I gotta go. No, to bed. I, I knew what time it was, but we were chatting. So we were. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. So I'll do uh, my normal bits, and I suppose. Um. So thank you again to all of the patreons, and uh, all of your support really means a lot. It helps with all of the costs of doing all of this, the hosting, and everything. I, as I said to you guys when we started, I was a little bit of a shitter this week, and didn't actually edit the in focus episode yet. But that should happen this weekend where I have a bunch of time um, with my Father's Day gift from, uh, you know, not being a dad for a weekend, which feels really shitty the more and more I think about it. But, you know, I don't care. <laughs> for Father's Day, I would like to not be a father anymore. It's time to yourself. So, it you know. about the same thing. Fun times. And then, um, yeah, I'll get that edited, but... the. There has been decent stuff, hopefully, going on the page. I've been trying to get the episodes out early, so you at least get early access. You get a special flair on the Discord. You get to be read and have your 
separate little zone to chat in and everything. And um, obviously, you don't even need to be a patron to join a Discord, though. You just jump in and play games with us. And oh, yeah, the game of Neptune's Pride finished today. Alan won. Oh, it was officially finally, finally, eventually eked it out. I told him that he should have beat me on Tuesday. I managed to drag it out to today. I was hoping it would still be running as we were talking so that I could abuse him a little bit more on her. But hey-ho, what are you going to do? Well, it is what it is. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, so that's the kind of stuff we do on Discord. You get to come in and um, wind yourself up to be abused by me, everyone's favourite. That is, um, in the, the, the direct link to it is in the show notes of whatever format you're watching this in. But you can find it as Dice Hate Productions on Discord. You can listen to us on uh, Lack of Focus podcast. The Dice Hate website is going through some changes at the moment because I've been, um, I didn't, they charged me 350 US dollars a year for um, the package I had for a website. So I've been trying to see what happens if I just don't pay it. So. <laughs> Yeah, just, if I do? don't give them anything, do you take my website away? Because like, this isn't the hosting fees or anything like that. That was just for like the way it looks and the way everything comes together. And all these, they offer me all these extra services that I honestly have no idea what they are or what they do. So I figured I'm just going to experiment. So it's a good chance the Dice website just disappears for like two days while I'm pulling my pants and then I have to throw even more money at them to get it back. I don't know. But we'll see. So but currently I checked earlier today and i believe the look had changed slightly to a different template or something but um there is a dice hit website uh, you can find us on facebook at lack of focus podcast you can find us on instagram at dice hit chris if you just want to follow me or on twitch ed's got youtube you know just all the stuff all of it keep watching yeah <laughs> listening clicking I right, um if you want to do what Michael did and get like five shows dedicated to you, just send us a nice polite email. I was just, talking about. I stuff. was just gonna say, like, you have five <laughs> shows out of this, Michael. I'm just throwing that out there. Five shows. You got your emails worth out of this yeah. one. Lack of focus podcast at gmail dot com. Five shows dedicated to you. And episode seventy nine, though. I know we're getting there. Yeah. I'm trying to do the math. We might end up doing episode one hundred in person <laughs> in Minnesota. I started doing the math where we're sitting there, like, it's, it's possible. Nah, no, no, it'll be episode 88. Ah, close. Ish, ish. It's not hot. It'll be in the 80s. It'll be all right. Because yeah, we only we do that for two weeks, remember? We could do episode whatever it is and then episode 100 at the same time. <laughs> we just, we'll just yeah, get a few in the bag. We'll just record a load. Yeah, yeah there we'll you go. Or we could pre. No, we can't pre record that. And everyone's going to want to know what's going on. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for this one. We do appreciate everyone tuning in. Sean, always good to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, hopefully everybody has a good week. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you too. And Chris, always good talking to you. Always good to be here. All right, that's going to do it. And as always, guys, fly casual. Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all of the latest episodes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.